QuickHeartRadio.com. Friday, the 17th of November. It's the Feast of St. Elizabeth of Hungary. Let's pray together in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, our happiness lies in you alone. For those wealthy in goods and prestige, grant them freedom of heart to devote all they have to your service. For those who've been seduced by the desire for money or social position, let them see the bounty of the gospel. For those who have left all things to follow you, Keep them faithful in their desire to seek and to serve you. O God of all good, you gave St. Elizabeth of Hungary the true wealth of holiness. Through her example and intercession, grant us the freedom that comes from a renunciation of self through Christ our Lord. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. It is a better way to start a Friday morning as we close out the last full week before the Thanksgiving holiday hits next weekend. Turns everything inside out and upside down. Well, we're here to help you make it through on a Friday. I'm Matt Sway. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. And Travis has a video feed up and running. If you want to know what this whole thing looks like, go to sunrisemorningshow.com, click on the show notes, and you can find the video. Dr. Benjamin Lewis will be with us with more translations uh, from the International Commission on English and the Liturgy. These are fascinating conversations, great insights into how we ended up saying the words that we do at Mass. Dr. Jared Stout will discuss how the Mass is eternity breaking into time. We'll talk to Ken Craycraft in this month where we continue to pray for the holy souls. Uh, Ken's going to have some songs that he wants to look at uh, from the popular folk and other musical genres that tell us about how other people think about death and what the church has to say in response to that. And then we'll also look ahead to the Sunday Mass readings with Father Hezekiah Carnazzo. So please do stay with us if you can. Right now it is two minutes past. Here's Anna Mitchell with news. Good morning, Israel and Hamas appear to be negotiating a deal to free dozens of hostages held by Hamas. The deal would reportedly free 50 women and children in return for Palestinian prisoners being held in Israeli jails. Reports say the exchange would coincide with a three-day ceasefire. The reports have not been confirmed by either side yet. Meanwhile, the war between Israel and Hamas continues. Mark Mayfield reports. Israeli forces stormed Gaza's main hospital and said they found weapons and a laptop with a photo of a kidnapped Israeli soldier on it. This comes as President Biden says he doesn't believe the war will end unless there's a two-state solution. It's also as Israel is ordering Palestinians to leave four towns in the southern part of Gaza. Over 12,000 people have been killed since Hamas attacked Israel on October 7th. I'm Mark Mayfield. A stable relationship between the U.S. and China is good for the world economy. That's what President Biden told government officials and industry leaders during the APEC CEO summit in San Francisco yesterday. Biden said he had constructive talks with Chinese President Xi Jinping on Wednesday, and the two leaders agreed to resume military-to-military channels to reduce 
to reduce the risk of miscommunication. He added, however, the U.S. and Beijing have real differences when it comes to leveling the economic playing field and protecting intellectual property. United Auto Workers members at General Motors have approved a new contract with the automaker. The vote was close with 55 percent voting in favor of the deal and 45 percent voting no. Ford and Stellantis workers also approved the deal. UAW President Sean Fain will give an update on the vote totals later today. Pope Francis spoke yesterday to a conference on sainthood and said no period has been devoid of martyrs, including in our own day. From Vatican Radio, Joseph Tollock reports. In his speech, the Pope discussed three important aspects of holiness. It's power to unify, it's place in the family, and martyrdom. Martyrdom, the Pope said, is a powerful model of saintliness, of which we have had many examples throughout the history of the Church. There is no period which has been devoid of martyrs, he stressed, including our own day. In particular, Pope Francis focused on the case of Asia Bibi, a Pakistani Catholic sentenced to death for blasphemy, who was imprisoned for many years before eventually being released and moving to Canada. Nearly nine years of Christian witness, Pope Francis underlined, and there are many, many like her who testify, he said, to faith and charity. Pope Francis's address also touched on two other important aspects of holiness, its place in everyday family life and its power to unify communities. Holiness, the Pope said, implies charity, which in turn unites us with our brothers and sisters. When God calls an individual, he said, it is always for the good of all, as in the case of Abraham and Moses, Peter and Paul. The final subject of Pope Francis's address was holiness as it occurs in families. As an example, the Pope presented the Polish couple Joseph and Victoria Ulmer and their seven children. They attempted to save Jewish families from the Nazis by hiding them in their home, but were all eventually caught and murdered. This Polish family, Pope Francis said, reminds us that sanctification is a community journey and can never be made alone, but only as part of a team. I'm Joseph Tollock. Pope Francis yesterday met with a group of Hispanic priests who minister in the United States as well. They're in Rome for a conference. Vatican News reports the Holy Father encouraged them in their pastoral work, their prayer and self-abandonment to Christ. And he said to them, quote, in every tabernacle, in every consecrated ciborium, we see the cross and it asks us, can we do something to alleviate Christ's suffering today? End quote. The Ravens kicked off week 11 with a 34-20 takedown of AFC North rival Bengals. And Thursday night football, Lamar Jackson threw for 264 yards and two touchdowns as Baltimore remains atop the AFC North at 8-3. And, and a pair of dynamic Major League Baseball players earned unanimous Most Valuable Player honors on Thursday night. Angels two-way superstar Shohei Otani took home the American League Award, while the Braves' Ronald Acuna Jr. captured the National League trophy. So congratulations to them. It's scary to think about if either one of those dudes was healthy for a whole season. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I know it. It would, be, it would be insane. I mean, those two, I feel like those are pretty. If, you're gonna, if you want to argue with that, you can take it up with a quest in Atlanta. I'm pretty sure they know that Ronald Acuna... Is the uh, is the NL MVP? And I mean, the, if you're gonna if you're gonna argue with the Shohei thing, you got to argue with him both as a pitcher and as a batter. Yeah, um, let me see the stats that they gave me here. First player Where it was it say they they showed like Shohei was leading his team like by July in he like led, every pitching and hitting category. He led the AL in home runs with 44. Okay. And sported a 3.14 ERA over 132 innings. I mean, yeah. 
Paul Lockman's given the slow clap back there. It's pretty good. You just you just got to acknowledge. It is. It's pretty good. It is eight minutes past the hour. The Sunrise Morning Show continues, and it is always great to catch up with Dr. Benjamin Lewis from the International Commission on English and the Liturgy to take a look at translation questions in the life of the church, and especially in the liturgical life of the church. Dr. Lewis, good morning. Good morning, Matt. How are you? I'm doing great, and I'm very excited to talk about St. Josephat, who is not someone that we get to talk about very much, but he That's shows right. up, and uh, in this case, uh, you wanted to look at a prayer after communion related to St. Josephat. Now, these prayers after communion are, I mean, if, if anybody's going to tune out a part of the Mass, this is often when a lot of people tune out parts of the Mass because they're often engaged in their own personal prayer. I know I am. Sure, But sure. how how does uh, St. Josephat get recognized in this prayer of communion, and um, what, do we, what do we hear about him in it? Uh, but the 12th of November is the memorial of St. Josephat. And so after communion, this is the prayer, and it... it, it beautifully points to some aspects of his life, which we'll talk about once I read it. So this is the prayer after communion, which you you may or may not hear if you're engaged in your own personal prayer after receiving communion. May this heavenly table, O Lord, bestow on us a spirit of fortitude and peace, so that, following St. Josephat's example, we may willingly spend our lives working for the honor and unity of the church through Christ our Lord. All right. So honor and unity jump out to me immediately because I know just a little bit about the story of St. Josephat. Yeah. So it's interesting because, yeah, that pair, honor and unity, is sort of parallel to another pair at the beginning of the prayer. Bestow on us a spirit of fortitude and peace. And there's an interesting connection between fortitude and honor and peace and unity that's illustrated in the life of St. Josephat, who was an Eastern Rite Catholic monk, priest, and bishop, and a martyr. So this is in this difficult period where uh, he was living in a largely Orthodox uh, environment, uh, and there was a lot of concern that anybody who was uh, in union with Rome was going to sort of lose their Eastern Christian traditions and their liturgy, and they were going to sort of be made to conform to a a Western Latin Roman uh, form of Christianity. Um, But St. Josephat was a a beautiful witness to how you can be Catholic and still preserve your Eastern Christian traditions and and liturgy. So he uh, he was martyred for that. Um, and so he laid down his life in peace uh, and also in courage and fortitude um, for the sake of Christian unity. Um, and so um, we're praying that God would bestow on us that same spirit of fortitude and peace so that we could both bring honor to the church and unity to the church. So I know you're a liturgical translator, but you're also a human being. Mm-hmm. And- This appeals to me in so many ways uh, because you and I both came from a Wesleyan Christian tradition and we both became Catholic. And there's this question that sometimes happens, and I joke about this with some of my friends who are still Wesleyans and, and, you know, 
in the United Methodist tradition, like, oh, well, I guess you forgot everything that John Wesley ever taught you, everything you cared about. And I'm like, we sing John Wesley hymns at Christmas. Give, you know, like, <laughs> get off our back a little bit. But this yeah. idea of the fortitude to follow Christ towards uh, his body, the church, but also the desire for unity who don't understand this, at least not yet. I mean, that is a very, very large part of my story. I know it's a very large part of yours. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, so it's it's a wonderful example St. Joseph gives us of how you can be firm in your convictions and yet peaceful and willing to, to lay down your life and not fight others who might disagree with you, even to the point of wanting to kill you. Yeah, especially those who come from you know, who are still in the world that you came from, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I mean, this is, this is where it gets really dicey, but I want to know, because you've got a story related to the altar of St. Josephat at St. Peter's Basilica. Fill me in on this one. Yeah. So there, St. Josephat is a sort of unofficial patron of ISEL because we started, uh, ISEL had its beginning at the second Vatican council. And uh, it was October 2nd, 1963. So it was the second session of the Second Vatican Council. Uh, and the, the council was meeting in St. Peter's Basilica in the main part of the church, the nave. But they were uh, in between meetings, they were having coffee breaks. And so they set up little coffee bars uh, near some of the side altars and the side aisles. And one of those coffee bars was set up near the altar of St. Basil, uh, and as you may know, St. Josephat was a monk of the Order of St. Basil. And so uh, is actually the month after that the, the bishops met at this coffee bar uh, that his relics were deposited beneath the altar of St. Basil. But it was in October of 1963 that four English-speaking bishops met at the coffee bar during one of the coffee breaks of the Second Vatican Council to discuss having a more formal meeting with all of the English-speaking bishops' conferences uh, to to begin this collaborative work of translating these liturgical texts into English. So that was really the beginning. Uh, October 2nd, 1963 was the informal beginning of ISEL, and it was right there at the altar of St. Basil. One month later, the relics of St. Josephat were deposited underneath that altar. So it's now also called the altar of St. Josephat. And it's a beautiful example. The Pope insisted that his relics be brought to St. Peter's because he was such a champion of unity with Rome. He wanted this martyr's relics to be near St. Peter's relics as a sign and a symbol of of his unity and his closeness with St. Peter. Well, that is an awesome story. That is so cool. Uh, yeah, you know, it, it's it, it's funny because, you know, a lot of people point to, you know, sort of the Wikipedia stories of people like when was something founded? Well, when the business, you know, agreement was sent in the 501c3, whatever was like, came right. through. but how do they really start? They really start like over coffee somewhere. And how cool somewhere. is it that you guys started yeah. it at the altar of St. Basil? That is that is awesome. Um, well, if our listeners want to connect with you, Dr. Benjamin Lewis. Find out more about ISIL, the International Commission on English and the Liturgy. Maybe even get your Divine Office hymnal, because I know we've got a lot of Divine Office people uh, listening right now. How do they do so? Yeah, you can find us on the web at icelweb.org. And we've got contact information there. You can reach out to us by phone or email. And the Divine Office hymnal is being published right now by GIA. 
Very cool. Well, we've got it all linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Dr. Benjamin Lewis, thank you as always. Have a wonderful day. You too, Matt. Of course, if you're looking for Christmas gifts and you know somebody who loves the liturgy of the hours, that Divine Office hymnal is like, I mean, it's like a slam dunk right there. It's a quarter past. We've got headlines next. Support is from Affirm Films comes Journey to Bethlehem, a Christmas musical film for the whole family. This wasn't a dream. An angel came to me. Can we, can we Look at the star. This is it. Do you truly believe that this child is the chosen one? What is his name? Jesus. Journey to Bethlehem. Rated PG. Federal guidance suggested. In theaters everywhere now. Soundtrack also available. More information is at journeytobethlehem.com. For over 500 years, the church-honored spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola have formed many saints. This treasured way of personal prayer with God is now available to you for free. Order your free training manual at lordteachmetopray.com and bring Ignatian prayer to others. Lord Teach Me to Pray is approved by the USCCB. Order your free training manual at lordteachmetopray.com. Lord Teach Me to Pray underwrites the Sunrise Morning Show. Waking up with Mystic Monk Coffee is definitely a better way to start your day. Not only are you getting a great cup of coffee, but your purchase helps support the life of the Carmelite monks of Wyoming. And your purchase can also help our work. All you need to do is go first to sonrisemorningshow.com. When you click the Mystic Monk link on the side of the page, we earn a commission. Support the monks and support the Sunrise Morning Show. Click the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com. That's sonrisemorningshow.com. One of the reasons we should go to Mass is because it is the food of the saints that we receive. And for the saints, they understood rightly that the time after Holy Communion, that those moments are the most precious moments of our lives. The Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, live from the EWTN Chapel, every morning, 8 Eastern, on EWTN Radio and Television. 18 minutes past the hour. Here's Anna with headlines. Israel and Hamas, it is being reported, appear to be negotiating a deal to free dozens of women and children being held hostage by Hamas. But as it is now, the war continues to rage on between the two. Pope Francis spoke yesterday to a conference on sainthood, saying no period has been devoid of martyrs, including in our own day. And during their General Assembly this week, the U.S. bishops voted to advance the cause for beatification of servant of God, Isaac Thomas Hecker. We can talk about that at a later date when we've got more time than yeah. like one and a half minutes mm-hmm. to discuss things. But well, I wanted to follow up on something. Complicated story there, yeah. It's a complicated story. Uh, I wanted to follow up on something that we discussed earlier this week with Marty Arlinghouse from the Serenelli Project. Oh, yeah. Which is incredible work to help uh, prisoners... Uh, you know, have conversion experiences, have the resources they need to live life fully in Christ, uh, working on rehabbing a church that's been closed down in Cincinnati, creating this whole monastic community around it. So um, this is a sports story, Anna Mitchell, and people might not realize it Mm -hmm. um, because, uh, well, I mean, there'll be some people who are very much focused in our Kansas City and Philadelphia listening audiences on the fact that after a bye week, the Kansas City Chiefs have got the Eagles Okay, yeah, and let me just say, folks, um, pull up your video feed of the Sunrise Morning Show because I'm going to. Do you wait? Do you have evidence? I'm going to put up a picture on my phone as you tell the story. 
Okay, so turns out that uh, the Serenelli Project, pretty cool effort to help prisoners live in monastic community, work and pray, or at Labora together. Well, it turns out that uh, Kansas City Chiefs kicker Harrison Butker found out about this somehow and was like, why don't you let me help you? And so he connected with Marty, and we didn't get to – I can't even believe this didn't come up in my conversation I can't believe it didn't either. Like, there I thought so that this is what you were going to be so into. So Annie's holding up Marty, like, grinning, holding one of Harrison Butker's cleats. He's just like – okay, so I'm cleat. like – I don't I'm, think he even warned you when he brought it in. No, I'm like, I'm sitting in our office manager's office just chatting. And in walks Marty with this shoe in his hand. And I'm like, hey. And he just came in to show it. Like, no big deal. Like, I got hey, Harrison Butker's who won a Super Bowl? Yeah, signed by Harrison Butker. Who gave a bunch of money to help me, like, but I just live. Corporal work of mercy. Okay, can I just take a prideful moment for a second? Like, I love that Marty Arlinghouse thought to come in to show me. I mean, of all the places, you got to show that shoe off. (laughs) Thank you, Marty. Thanks, Marty. Check out the Serenella Project at sunrisemorningshow.com. Thanks, Harrison. If you're planning to give an end-of-the-year gift to Sacred Heart Radio, we are grateful. And there are several ways to give, including a stock gift through your IRA or a donor-advised fund. There's planned giving, employee matching funds. You can send a check, donate online, and more. Contact your financial advisor for more information on the tax benefits of donating to Sacred Heart Radio. And to see and read about all the ways to give, visit sacredheartradio.com and click on Ways to Give. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Our Lady of the Holy Spirit Center, presenting the Advent of Christmas in Bethlehem. Bethlehem comes alive and the spirit of the Holy Land is reborn. Sunday, December 3rd, is a special day for the children with crafts and activities, St. Nicholas, and live animals. And December 10th, the living interactive town of Bethlehem continues. And this year, it's even bigger than ever. Register at theholyspiritcenter.org. All proceeds benefit the Holy Spirit Center. Hi, I'm Jim Akers, board member with the Cincinnati chapter of Legatus. Catholic business leaders and their spouses meeting the challenge of balancing faith, family, and business. We meet once a month for Mass and dinner, along with a local or national speaker and a wonderful venue throughout the city. Many of our speakers you have heard right here on Sacred Heart Radio. Please think about joining our group of Catholic leaders and become an ambassador for Christ in your business or profession. Contact us at Cincinnati at Legatus.org. That's Cincinnati at Legatus.org. Why wait in endless lines at the pharmacy when Brozard Pharmacy, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, can fill your prescriptions in a timely manner with high quality. Brozard Pharmacy, fast, friendly service without the wait. 513-941-0428. Hi. This is John Kennedy, a State Farm agent and a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. If you need life insurance, I can help process the best options for you and your family. You can reach me at 859-485-2000 or online at johnkennedyinsurance.com. With us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Dr. Jared Stout. We've been going through his book, How the Eucharist Can Save Civilization from Tan Books. Good morning, Dr. Stout. Good morning. It's good to have you back. We're continuing to unpack the gift that we have as Catholics in the Divine Liturgy, the Mass. And you write in the book, Dr. Stout, through the Mass, eternity breaks into time. What does that mean? 
Well, when we go to Mass, you know, what we see, you know, a guy standing up on the altar wearing funny clothes and people are standing up, sitting down, kneeling, you know, we don't necessarily see very much. But, you know, the, the word revelation means to pull back the veil. Mm. And it's actually in the book of Revelation where we see what's really happening at the Mass. Um, and that is we are joining in the heavenly worship. You know, someone might even ask, like, where's the Mass in the Bible? And the answer is, it's there, Revelation 4 and 5. I mean, you see exactly what's happening at the Mass unveiled. That is, we are worshiping the Lamb who was slain, who is before the throne of the Heavenly Father. There are priests who are prostrate down before the Lamb. The prayers of all the saints are rising up like incense. Um, and there are, you know, these lighted torches, just like our candles and the same prayers, like, you know, holy, 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 and amen are, are being offered up. So we are joining into something that fundamentally transcends just you know that one moment in time we are drawn into the paschal mystery itself jesus's death resurrection and ascension into heaven and we're drawn into the heavenly worship which is eternal and so all the different acts of worship and all the masses throughout the world in the past present future are all drawn together into the perfect heavenly worship it's Unreal. I Well, I say unreal, but it's actual reality, which is what is so incredible about what you are saying. But this is not like something that the apostles just sort of created out of out of nothing after the ascension. I mean, there are Old Testament roots to what you're saying here. Can you talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, first of all, we have to say, why does Jesus appear as a lamb who was slain yeah. in heaven? And that's because he is the new Passover, right? We pass over from death into life, not only because Jesus died, but the Passover lamb had to be eaten. And so we see that even in heaven, he's saying, here I am, eat me, right? I am the one who gives you life. But even beyond that, when we look at the worship that was given to Moses at the time of the Passover, um, Hebrews tells us that the tabernacle and all the furnishings of the tabernacle were a sign of the heavenly tabernacle, meaning that, you know, God is dwelling in heaven. He has a kind of heavenly court and his people are assembled around him, all of the angels and, and the saints. And when we go to meet him, and of course that was first for the people of Israel in that tabernacle, that tent, or now when we go into a Catholic church and we see a similar arrangement, we are coming into that court and that he is making himself present to us. And so when you look at the, the way that the, the tabernacle is kind of set up as the new Ark of the Covenant and you, you have the altar upon which the one sacrifice of Christ is made present to become our sacrifice. And you, you even look at the division of the, like the narthex, the, the entry area, the nave and the sanctuary. It, it still follows that same pattern um, that the Israelites had in the desert. And God told Moses, right, to follow this pattern. And then Hebrews, the letter to the Hebrews tells us that that pattern is the pattern of heaven. And so when you walk into church, you're like entering into a whole nother realm. Wow. And so in the book of Revelation, John is invited, come up and see. 
and, and John is drawn up into the heavenly worship. But the reason why that happened to John is so that when we walk into a church, we'll know the same thing is happening to us. It's like we're, we're stepping out of our normal time and space when we go into the Catholic Church, and we are entering into God's heavenly court. And when we uh, attend Mass, we are drawn into the perfect heavenly worship of the Lamb who was slain. So incredible. But what does this have to do with creating a Catholic culture, Dr. Stout? Well, you know, it's, it's tempting when we think about culture to just put the emphasis on ourselves. If we just did this, we could bring about renewal in our society. If we just had this new program, our parish will be revitalized. And we have to continually remind ourselves this is about God. God reigns in heaven, uh, But He can reign here. And He's not interested in you know setting up His own government, He's not interested in the United Nations, He's interested in your heart. And when you come into the church, you are entering into his heavenly court, and he wants to reign in you. And he can change your life, your family, your work, your community. And through us, yes, even our civilization, right? All of it flows out from our hearts first, right? That, that is the place where he will dwell on earth. We become his tabernacle, his tent in, in this world. But it's about his grace. He can do everything through us, but we can't do it ourselves. And so building a Catholic culture is not about our efforts. It's about God leading and guiding us if he reigns in and through us. That's the key thing. And when he does reign in us, he can reign through us um, in the world and he, he will begin to renew things. We've been talking to Dr. Jared Stout. We'll leave it there for today. The book is called How the Eucharist Can Save Civilization. I cannot recommend it more highly. You can find it from Tan Books. You can also find it linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Dr. Stout, really appreciate this conversation. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. All right, it's half past the hour now on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's time for news. Multiple reports are saying a hostage deal may be in the works between Israel and Hamas. The deal would free 50 women and children for the return of Palestinian prisoners, reportedly. The exchange would coincide with a three-to-five-day three, day, three to five day ceasefire. The reports have yet to be officially confirmed by either side. So the war between Israel and Hamas is raging on. Mark Mayfield has more. Israeli forces stormed Gaza's main hospital and said they found weapons and a laptop with a photo of a kidnapped Israeli soldier on it. This comes as President Biden says he doesn't believe the war will end unless there's a two-state solution. It's also as Israel is ordering Palestinians to leave four towns in the southern part of Gaza. Over 12,000 people have been killed since Hamas attacked Israel on October 7th. I'm Mark Mayfield. The patriarchs and heads of churches in Jerusalem are calling on their congregations to forego any unnecessarily festive activities during the Advent and Christmas season, saying, in these ways, we believe we will be standing in support of those continuing to suffer just as Christ did with us in his incarnation. They say, we encourage our priests and the faithful to focus more on the spiritual meaning of Christmas and their pastoral activities and liturgical celebrations during this period, with all the focus directed at holding in our thoughts our brothers and sisters affected by this war and its consequences 
and with fervent prayers for a just and lasting peace for our beloved Holy Land. Moreover, they say during this season of giving, we also invite the faithful to advocate, pray, and contribute generously as they are able for the relief of the victims of this war and for those in dire need, as well as to encourage others to join them in this mission of mercy, end quote. Pope Francis spoke yesterday to a conference on sainthood, saying no period has been devoid of martyrs, including in our own day. From Vatican Radio, Joseph Tullock reports. In his speech, the Pope discussed three important aspects of holiness, its power to unify, its place in the family, and martyrdom. Martyrdom, the Pope said, is a powerful model of saintliness, of which we have had many examples throughout the history of the Church. There is no period which has been devoid of martyrs, he stressed, including our own day. In particular, Pope Francis focused on the case of Asia Bibi, a Pakistani Catholic sentenced to death for blasphemy, who was imprisoned for many years before eventually being released and moving to Canada. Nearly nine years of Christian witness, Pope Francis underlined, and there are many, many like her who testify, he said, to faith and charity. Pope Francis's address also touched on two other important aspects of holiness, its place in everyday family life and its power to unify communities. Holiness, the Pope said, implies charity, which in turn unites us with our brothers and sisters. When God calls an individual, he said, it is always for the good of all, as in the case of Abraham and Moses, Peter and Paul. The final subject of Pope Francis's address was holiness as it occurs in families. As an example, the Pope presented the Polish couple Joseph and Victoria Ulmer and their seven children. They attempted to save Jewish families from the Nazis by hiding them in their home, but were all eventually caught and murdered. This Polish family, Pope Francis said, reminds us that sanctification is a community journey and can never be made alone, but only as part of a team. I'm Joseph Tullock. Pope Francis also yesterday addressed participants in an international congress on Venerable Maria of Agreda, Vatican News reports the Holy Father focused on three lessons that she offers the church and humanity, silence, mysticism, and mission. He said, contemplatives teach us the joy of living only for him through asceticism, abandonment, and fidelity. The gag order against Donald Trump in his civil business fraud trial is temporarily suspended. Brian Shook reports. A New York appeals judge granted a request by Trump's legal team for an interim stay of the gag order, arguing it violates Trump's freedom of speech. The former president has been fined twice for apparent violations of the order, which the judge put in place following Trump's comments attacking the judge and his law clerk. I'm Brian Shook. United Auto Workers members at General Motors have approved a new contract with the automaker. The vote was 55% voting in favor of the deal and 45% voting no. Ford and Stellantis workers also approved their deal. UAW President Sean Fain will be giving an update on the vote totals a little later today. That's the news. You're listening to the Sunrise Morning Show on EWTN Radio. It's 35 minutes past the hour. Put your money where your heart is. Do business with someone who shares your faith and values. From Sacred Heart Radio's Angels List of Underwriters. And don't forget to tell them where you found out about them. Go to sacredheartradio.com and click Angels List. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Water heaters, plumbing repair, and drain cleaning. Backed by Schneller Knockelman's 100% satisfaction guarantee. Schneller Knockelman at skpha.com. skpha.com. Looking for a special gift for a loved one this holiday season? 
Consider an offering of rest, prayer, and a time for reflection. Give the gift of a weekend retreat at the Jesuit Spiritual Center, a time to get away from the busyness of life and embrace God's love and mercy. Call now at 513-248-3500 for more information. That's 513-248-3500-513-248-3500. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this feast of St. Elizabeth of Hungary, Friday, November the 17th. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air online at skpha.com. Grab the rain gear for today. You're going to need it. Right now, temperatures in the upper 50s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, showers are likely before 2 p.m. and some lighter afternoon showers after that with a high today of 62 degrees. Partly cloudy tonight with an overnight low of 34. Sunshine tomorrow, but a lot cooler, a high of 51 degrees. For the Miami Valley Dayton area, periods of rain today and a high of 60 degrees, clearing late with an overnight low of 32. It'll be mostly sunny and cooler tomorrow with a high of 50 degrees. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio, 740 a.m., 910 a.m. Download our app at sacredheartradio.com. morning show legal and political and occasional cultural analyst ken craycraft back with us now on the sunrise morning show he's a professor at mount saint mary's seminary writes for the catholic telegraph and our sunday visitor among other publications good morning ken good morning annie how are you today i am doing fine and excited to get to talk to you about this topic you know uh the the immortal words of elton john (sighs) Do you know what I'm about to quote? Sad songs, they say so much. <laughs> and uh, this yes. <laughs> this can be especially true um, as you write over at Our Sunday Visitor when it comes to songs in the popular culture even about death and dying. And and that's what we're going to be discussing today. So first off, Ken, what does what does the church teach us about death? Well, death is very much at the center of uh, Catholic spiritual life and Catholic prayer life. We know we are going to die, and therefore, and it's really simple, we need to prepare for death. Of course, death is not natural to the human person. We weren't born to die, but because of sin, uh, we are consigned to death, a choice that we we have made as as humanity, uh, and therefore, we uh, are called to remember our death. The memento mori is is one of the most... uh, classic and most honored traditions of the church remember you will die it's a mm-hmm. it's a universal perennial admonition because <laughs> death doesn't discriminate and and so we're called to commemorate or to commemorate the dead to pray for the dead but also to prepare for our own death and of course the month of november is the date is the month that we think about that the most so uh, the the church's teaching on death is 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 at the center of of spirituality and prayer life and of course as we'll talk about at the end there's more to it than that but uh but that's that's the way we begin we'll begin this discussion but just by noting that uh death itself the preparation for death the prayer for the dead is at the center of uh, catholic uh, prayer and spiritual life and one thing that I've been reflecting on, and I think it comes out in in the songs uh, that you highlight in this piece at Our Sunday Visitor, is when someone dies, I think 
you you get a greater sense of of what it means to be the body of Christ and when the the when yes. one suffers the whole body suffers because you feel that loss you feel it and it's okay to grieve um because yes. this is not natural as you were saying yeah that's a really good point and, and the first song that i highlight the first two that i highlight speak to that but especially the first one a song called dust by Lucinda Williams, who I consider to be the greatest female singer-songwriter in the history of American popular music, and I'm not alone in that. Wow. And the song, this song is from an album called Ghosts of Highway 20, and it's about uh, it's about the death of her mother. And um, she says that the anguish. I, I I comment that the anguish is so overwhelming that, and, and then quoting her lyrics, you don't have to try to keep the tears back because you couldn't if you want to. You stare at the ceiling and wish the world would mend. Try to recall something better to no good end. And then the recurring chorus to the song is, even your thoughts are dust, even your thoughts are dust. Mm. So as you say, Annie, this is a person who is profoundly affected by the death of someone that she loves, so profoundly affected, in fact, that she's cried out all her tears. And all she can do is stare at the ceiling because her life has been so uh, so impacted by the death of another. So as you say, death doesn't just affect, obviously, the person who dies, but has a, has a very strong impact on the uh, persons who stay, so that even your thoughts are dust. And I think that's just an amazing lyric because, of course, uh, you know, on Ash Wednesday, the priest says, or the deacon, as he puts ashes on her head, from dust you came to dust you will turn. And here she says, even your thoughts are dust. And I think this is a powerful song. It speaks directly to what you're saying. Um, the grief that accompanies death uh, is is uh, is a spiritually uh, powerful uh, phenomenon uh, that that really takes us places sometimes that are very dark ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's that's not a, that's not that's not dissimilar from the second song that I treat, um, Patty Griffin's uh, wonderful song "Long Ride Home." And pa this is a, a song from One Thousand Kisses, her album. Um, and, I got and a little weepy-eyed, Ken, reading these lyrics. By yeah. the way, yeah. Yeah, I I know well, and, and listening to them makes you even more weepy-eyed because putting them to music, of course, is what they're meant to be done. Yes. Um, yeah, this is a song. This is a song about uh, a woman who, um, who 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 who's just buried her husband, and laments that she wasn't a better wife. And it is a very sad song. So she says, 40 years go by with someone lying in your bed. Forty years of things you wish you'd never said." Hard, how hard would it have been to say some kinder words instead? I wonder as I stare up at the sky turning red. And then she write, uh, writes about coming home from the funeral and it's after dark. And she says, headlights searching down the driveway. The house is dark as it can be. I go inside and all is silent and seems as empty as the inside of me. And as you say, it's a weeper, but it's a, it's a very powerful song. And you know, what Patty Griffin does in this song, Annie, is that she challenges us to be better lovers to the people around us, to love yeah. better our spouses, of course, but other people as well. And, uh, and, and it is a, it's a moving song and it's a, it's a motivating song. It reminds us that someday we won't have those we love and, and how have we treated them now and what will, what will be our feeling afterward? Will it be one of rich, richness and fulfillment or will it be one of regret of the things that we didn't do? Yeah, absolutely. And that comes out, too, in this Jason Isbell song that you highlight. 
Yes, If We Were Vampires, a fascinating song. Isabel imagines that he and the person he sings to, which is his wife, uh, were vampires and therefore never died. And if they didn't die, it would, it would affect the way they relate to one another. Uh, and so the, the lyric, uh, the chorus of the song is, it's knowing that this can't go on forever. Likely one of us will have to spend some days alone. Maybe we'll get 40 years together, but one day I'll be gone or one day you'll be gone. And so what do we do about that? Well, he says, I'll work hard till the end of my shift and give you every second I can find and hope it isn't me who's left behind. Mm -hmm. And there's another lyric that I don't quote in the piece uh, because it was getting too long, but he says that, you know, if we were vampires, we'd stand on the sidewalk and watch people smoke and we'd laugh at all their jokes because we we know that because we would see them we would be smoking because we're immortal we don't care and we would be we would see them doing things that we know are futile because they're going to die but the fact is we're not vampires so we do do those things yeah. uh, that that uh, are compelled by the knowledge that we're dying well we're not vampires for sure but death does not have the final word we know um from our lord and of course from yeah. from his church that there is still i mean these there there there's this like real grief obviously at the loss but then there's the hope of being reunited again ken it's the hope of resurrection, isn't it? Yeah. And that hope of resurrection is a hope of being united. And that takes us to the last song that I treat in this piece. And that's, uh, of course, a Bob Dylan song of course. called Death, Death Is Not The End from the album Down In The Groove. Now, I will say if listeners um, uh, are fans of uh, Nick Cave and The Bad Seeds, he does an excellent cover of Death Is Not The mm. End. So that's another place to listen to the song. And Dylan says... Uh, when the storm clouds gather around you and heavy rains descend, just remember that death is not the end. And there's no one there to comfort you with a helping hand to lend. Just remember that death is not the end. And then Dylan reminds us of the tree of life in the garden. Because wow. remember, Annie, when Adam and Eve ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they were banned from the garden. And the reason that they died in, in this very symbolic uh, narrative is that they could no longer eat from the tree of, the, uh, of life. And, of course, what Christ does is makes the tree of life accessible, accessible to us again. And, and here's what Dylan says about that. Oh, the tree of life is growing where the spirit never dies and the bright light of salvation shines in dark and empty skies. Wow. So it's a moment. It's a, it's a month where we remember death. But as Catholics, we also remember that the bright light of salvation shines in dark and empty skies. So even when the, the sky is dark and empty, we know that we have the access to that tree of life through the merits of Christ, to the death and resurrection of Christ. It's a beautiful piece. Go read it over at OurSundayVisitor.com. We've been talking to Ken Craycraft. Ken, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Annie. That was fun. It was fun. Very much so. All right, it's 14 till. Father Hezekiah Carnazzo joins us next. Support is for MediShare. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that is MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save many families up to 500 bucks a month, and that is huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton 
like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with. You can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can say. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. Business owners are starting to think outside the box to find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show. To find out how it works, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com. Hi, this is Mike Aquilino with a few words about St. Irenaeus. It's only recently that Pope Francis has declared him to be a doctor of the church. And this is unusual because he's been dead for many centuries, almost two millennia. But I think he's a man for our time because he's teaching us to think, to have an educated faith, to know the reasons for what we believe and then present those to a skeptical world. us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Father Hezekiah Carnazzo from the Institute of Catholic Culture here to preview the readings for the 33rd Sunday in Ordinary Time, our last Sunday of Ordinary Time in the year 2023. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Annie. It's a blessing to be with you and your listeners today. It is a blessing to have you back. So for this weekend, Father, what would you say is the theme as we look ahead toward Christ the King? Well, there's two things to remember, and that is that the beginning of the liturgical year, traditionally it begins really with the Feast of the Exaltation of the Holy Cross on September 14th. Hmm. And from there, the Church begins its, its remote preparation for the Feast of Christmas. And so while we may be looking at next Sunday and the Feast of Christ the King and the beginning of Advent right now, we can say, hey, those things are already kind of prepared for liturgically in that we are living through a time of expectation even now. And we get that theme. We, we saw it last Sunday with the five wise virgins and the five foolish virgins and the coming of the bridegroom. Um, and we get that theme continued on now this Sunday. And really, the epistle from St. Paul, which comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning in verse 1, kind of highlights this, it, it, reminding us, St. Paul saying, For you yourselves know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief at night. Hmm. And then and, and concludes with these words, Therefore, let us not sleep as the rest do, but let us stay alert and sober. So here, Annie, really, the church is, is saying, hey, what we normally think of during Advent has already begun. The, the, the Lord is coming. And the question is, will he find us prepared? All right. I see that when it comes to, uh, obviously, First Thessalonians, as you were just saying, and in, in the gospel, when we get the parable of the talents, which we'll talk about in a minute, but... The first reading, Father, is Proverbs 31 about a worthy wife. Why? Yeah. Well, I, I think actually regarding the what we just said about last Sunday's gospel kind of unlocks the, the, the lock, if you will, or, 
or turns on the light because the, the the virgins with their oil lamps it turns on the light for us because because the church has always been understood as the bride of Christ and of course we're not talking about only the New Testament church but the Old Testament church also the church the people of God as as a bride prepared for her husband and the question in Proverbs is just that and the church applies it in just this way uh, as, as Proverbs 31 talks about finding a worthy wife and what she looks like what she's found um, uh, doing her her basically chapter 31 says she's busy doing all the things necessary to take care of her home and prepare for her husband and the question is again will the Lord find his church ready for his coming uh, and here liturgically we're talking about yes the celebration of Christmas but also liturgically the second coming. The two are understood together. And so St. Caesarius of Arles says the Catholic Church was not only preached after the coming of our Lord and Savior, beloved brethren, but from the beginning of the world. It was designated by many figures and rather hidden mysteries. And then he mentions Solomon. Truly Solomon says of her, who shall find a worthy wife? What does he mean? Who shall find? And here we should understand the difficulty, not the impossibility of finding her. The valiant woman is the church. And, and, and of course, the, the final thing I have to say about that is we're not talking about the church as something other, something at a distance, something in a foreign city. It's you and I. It's, 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 it's the people of God. Will he find our hearts prepared when he comes? Will we be ready for the feast of the nativity so that Christ is born not only 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem, but also today in our hearts. Yeah, and so when you apply that to the church today, you wonder, like, how do I do that, right? And I, I think one answer that we could have to that question comes to us in the gospel in Matthew 25, when Jesus tells the parable of the the three servants who were entrusted with possessions of their master. One got five talents, another got two, and another got one. The first two, of course, double that before the uh, before the master returns. The third one buries it. And, and Father, what what lesson does the church take away from this? Yeah, well, I mean, we can just continue what we've been saying here that. The question is whether or not we will be like that, that, that woman in Proverbs. Will the Lord find us busy doing the work he has given us? And what work is that but the charitable work of the Christian, the work of love um, that, that Christ has given us through our baptism, our incorporation into him? Will he find us living for ourselves, or will he find us living for the other? Will he find us, um, in a way— having sacrificed our life for the sake of those he has placed in our life. And, and this is where, um, you know, even in the secular world, we live in a post-Christian world, but that post-Christian world is very much impacted by its Christian roots. Because we know, even in the secular world, this is a time of charity. This is a time in which we are called not to live for ourselves, but for the sake of the other. And so this is a time the Church says, hey, 
Are, is, is, is the Lord going to find you busy about the most important things or about the trivial things that the world says are important today? Um, and, and so many opportunities now to uh, give of ourselves to those in need, to support the good works of the church um, so that when the Lord comes, he finds us a bride prepared. Yeah, which we will hear a lot more about in next week's readings on the Feast of Christ the King as we continue in Matthew chapter 25. We've been talking to Father Hezekiah Carnazzo. And Father, I know you got some cool Advent things coming up at the Institute. How can listeners get more information? Now, we have a ton of it. You're talking about being prepared. <laughs> get your soul prepared. Come visit us at instituteofcatholicculture.org. A lot of, of studies, programs to prepare the soul for the coming of Christ, instituteofcatholicculture.org. And you can find that linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Matt, just quickly, also over at the Institute of Catholic Culture, there's a video of Father saying, more traditional than turkey, cook Cornish game hens for Thanksgiving. And he has a little cooking video up on the uh, live events page, cooking with the Carnazos, Cornish game hens. I mean, more traditional than the turkey is the original Thanksgiving celebration. Yeah, which was like, what, squirrel or something? I was going to say the mass, but Anna Mitchell, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Back with another full hour. It's 3 till. I'm Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home the Faith when Dr. Michael Carter will describe the missionary and Native American saints from Lower Canada and upstate New York. Dr. Stephen Dorn will discuss his new book, To Die Well, A Catholic Neurosurgeon's Guide to the End of Life. I'll reflect on the readings for the 33rd Sunday of the year. That's this afternoon beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to Christ the King. Support is for MediShare. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that is MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save many families up to 500 bucks a month, and that is huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with. You can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can say. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. Support comes from On a Mission to Love. For books, handcrafted gifts for baptism, communion, confirmation, wedding, birthdays, and more. All deeply based in the rosary and devotion to our Holy Mother. Onamissiontolove.com. That's onamissiontolove.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Gate of Heaven Cemetery, serving the Archdiocese of Cincinnati for 76 years. They extend their heartfelt thanks to the community for entrusting Gate of Heaven to assist them during their time of sorrow. 
Share the gift of gratitude with your loved ones this Thanksgiving by attending a pre-planning seminar November 21st at 11 a.m., 2 p.m., or 6 p.m. More information at 513-489-0300 or email community at gateofheaven.org. Working to see the culture of life prevail in the Miami Valley, Dayton Right to Life is here to protect God's gift of life through law, education, and community action from fertilization to natural death. Find Dayton Right to Life online at DaytonLife.org. That's DaytonLife.org. Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Rua Wood Psychological Services, integrating psychological science and the truths of our Catholic faith with offices in Dayton and Cincinnati. More information at 513-407-8878 or rwpsych.org. This is Cardinal Raymond Burke. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. Sacred Heart Radio. As we close out the work week on this Friday, November the 17th, let's pray a prayer to St. Joseph the Worker in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Joseph, by the work of your hands and the sweat of your brow, you supported Jesus and Mary and had the Son of God as your fellow worker. Teach me to work as you did, with patience and perseverance, for God and for those whom God has given me to support. Teach me to see in my fellow workers the Christ who desires to be in them, that I may always be charitable and forbearing towards all. Grant me to look upon my work with the eyes of faith, so that I shall recognize in it my share in God's own creative activity and in Christ's work of our redemption, and so take pride in it. When it is pleasant and productive, remind me to give thanks to God for it. And when it is burdensome, teach me to offer it to God in reparation for my sins and the sins of the world. Amen. St. Joseph, pray for us. And since it is her feast today also, St. Elizabeth of Hungary, pray for us. I'm Matt Sway, Anna Mitchell has news, Paul Ackman at the controls, and Travis has got a video feed up and running in the show notes at sunrisemorningshow.com. Go check it out. There's a great conversation going on in the chat right now about what people are thankful for ahead of Thanksgiving. Bill Schmidt's going to be along to talk about catechesis and storytelling this hour. Meredith Wilson will discuss a new children's book on the Mass and the Manger. We'll check in with Bobby Schindler as well. And uh, I want to know what you all are making for Thanksgiving, what you're thankful for, all that. Please do go over to our Facebook page, sunrisemorningshow.com. Click on the Facebook link and share some of your thoughts because I want to share some of them at the end of the hour. Right now, it is two minutes past. News of service of Central Fabricators and centralfabricators.com. Here's Anna Mitchell. Good morning. There are multiple reports saying that a hostage deal could be in the works between Israel and Hamas. The deal would reportedly free 50 women and children for the return of some Palestinian prisoners. The exchange would also coincide with a three to five day ceasefire. The reports have yet to be confirmed officially by either side. And so meanwhile, the war between Israel and Hamas is raging on. Mark Mayfield has more. Israeli forces stormed Gaza's main hospital and said they found weapons and a laptop 
with a photo of a kidnapped Israeli soldier on it. This comes as President Biden says he doesn't believe the war will end unless there's a two-state solution. It's also as Israel is ordering Palestinians to leave four towns in the southern part of Gaza. Over 12,000 people have been killed since Hamas attacked Israel on October 7th. I'm Mark Mayfield. The patriarchs and heads of churches in Jerusalem are calling on their congregations to forego any unnecessarily festive activities during the Advent and Christmas seasons in order to stand strong with those suffering amid the war in the Holy Land. In a statement, they say, quote, in these ways, we believe we will be standing in support of those continuing to suffer just as Christ did with us in his incarnation in order that all of God's children might receive the hope of a new Jerusalem in the presence of the Almighty, where death shall be no more, neither mourning nor crying nor pain, for the former things have passed away, end quote. A stable relationship between the U.S. and China is good for the world economy. That's what President Biden told government officials and industry leaders during the APEC CEO summit in San Francisco yesterday. Biden said he had constructive talks with Chinese President Xi Jinping on Wednesday, and the two leaders agreed to resume military-to-military channels to reduce the risk of miscommunication. He added, however, the U.S. and Beijing have real differences when it comes to leveling the economic playing field and protecting intellectual property. Pope Francis spoke yesterday to a conference on sainthood and said no period has been devoid of martyrs, including our own day. From Vatican Radio, Joseph Tullock reports. In his speech, the Pope discussed three important aspects of holiness. Its power to unify, its place in the family, and martyrdom. Martyrdom, the Pope said, is a powerful model of saintliness, of which we have had many examples throughout the history of the Church. There is no period which has been devoid of martyrs, he stressed, including our own day. In particular, Pope Francis focused on the case of Asia Bibi, a Pakistani Catholic sentenced to death for blasphemy, who was imprisoned for many years before eventually being released and moving to Canada. Nearly nine years of Christian witness, Pope Francis underlined, and there are many, many like her who testify, he said, to faith and charity. Pope Francis's address also touched on two other important aspects of holiness, its place in everyday family life and its power to unify communities. Holiness, the Pope said, implies charity, which in turn unites us with our brothers and sisters. When God calls an individual, he said, it is always for the good of all, as in the case of Abraham and Moses, Peter and Paul. The final subject of Pope Francis's address was holiness as it occurs in families. As an example, the Pope presented the Polish couple Joseph and Victoria Ulmer and their seven children. They attempted to save Jewish families from the Nazis by hiding them in their home, but were all eventually caught and murdered. This Polish family, Pope Francis said, reminds us that sanctification is a community journey and can never be made alone, but only as part of a team. I'm Joseph Tullock. Pope Francis also met yesterday with participants in an international congress on Venerable Maria of Agreda. Vatican News reports the Holy Father focused on three lessons that she offers to the church and humanity, silence, mysticism, and mission. He said contemplatives teach us the joy of living only for him through asceticism, abandonment, and fidelity. And he said in a world full of distractions, there is a dire need for silence in contemplation before the Lord, which leads us seamlessly to our final story. One of Disney's most popular franchises will be getting a fourth film. Disney Animation is apparently working on a story, Matt, for Frozen 4. Wait, is there a Frozen 3? I guess so. 
No. Wait. Let's see. Disney had previously confirmed a third installment is in the works. Oh, wait. So they're making a three and a four. Yeah. They've already announced four before three came out. Will Frozen be certified fresh? I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm spitballing this stuff, Anna Mitchell, trying to just. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I know this is another big news. warmed over franchise. Uh, I mean, I'm going to keep on thinking about this. Um, mm-hmm. Why can't they just let it go? Mm-hmm. And do you have anything better than what I've got? You're, no. If people could see the, this is the real reason you want to have the video feed for the Sunrise Morning Show is to see Anna Mitchell just like straining against her internal gut reaction to actually laugh at these jokes. Mm-hmm. 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 I don't know. I got nothing. You got nothing. I got. I mean, because I, you I just, just had I tried a bunch like of you just had jokes. a bunch of stuff. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't exactly call that nothing. Maybe we it can saw Anna Mitchell's heart. It may not have been. <laughs> okay, got, got her. Got All right. Okay. It's been. It's been. A, it's been a success. <laughs> it's been a successful Friday. This is the goal. This is the game. Some of you don't understand that this is a game. The game is that Anna Mitchell throws me a story. I don't know what's coming. I have to come up with something. That will amuse her. Her job is to not laugh. If she doesn't laugh, she wins. If I if I get her to laugh, I win. It worked at the end. It took a while. Yeah, we should have. Paul should have just cut both of our mics a long time ago. Yeah. Bill Schmidt now joining us from Onward.net. O n w o r d dot net is where you can find that. Bill is a great guy to talk to because uh, this whole conversation that he and I are usually in has to do with popular culture, messages, storytelling, and what is it in the world that people are looking for when they go to entertainment sources. So, Bill, welcome back. Uh, Good to be here. Thanks, Matt. So, somebody might mock stories like Pixar and Disney and people following pop culture icons and people following the drama behind NFL players and, you know, political storytelling. We're part of the greatest story ever told, you and me, in salvation history. <laughs> so right. in some ways, do you think that Catholics have a unique opportunity to look at what it is that people are tapping into when they seek these stories out and maybe think about, like, how do we have the answer that they're actually looking for? I think that's right. Yeah, the uh, popular culture really offers up uh, a thin gruel, as you might say, uh, of stories that uh, – uh, are uh, really thin and vague and uh, kind of unchanging, the kind of stuff that forms a catechism if you don't have any other catechism or set of principles underlying it, but it's the kind of catechism that uh, certainly can't match the organized and enduring and interconnected thoughts of the Catholic Church. So, first of all, thanks for mentioning thin gruel during a breakfast show. Uh, <laughs> uh, but well, second of all, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, as you mentioned this, I, I didn't even think about this until you just said it. Uh, you know, we're getting ready to, with the Thanksgiving holiday and heading towards Christmas, get all these different shows that have like stories 
and rewarm stories. And they're all going to end with something where someone says, well, the real meaning of Christmas is X. Like, uh, how does this conversation maybe help us to highlight and understand, like, how to complete that thought for people who are really apparently looking for the real meaning of Christmas? Otherwise, it wouldn't be at the end of every single one of these shows. That, that's right. I, um, I call that the uh, spotlight evangelization that we need to conduct. People are naturally drawn to the spotlight that our films and video games and everything else uh, uh, offers us, but the spotlight is often narrow, and it's often the same old story. Like you say, uh, we've heard this story before, and my idea is that we have to reach people where they are. They're kind of staring at the spotlight, but then to uh, widen the aperture of that spotlight and say, oh, there's so much more here that, that we can uh, come from, from this, and also that we shouldn't uh, uh, be satisfied with the, uh, the uh, spotlighted story. Uh, it made an impression on us. But what we need is uh, something that, we'll, that we can take uh, outside the movie theater or beyond the screen and live out in, in a meaningful way. Most people are looking for that. They're looking for that happy ending. But it's, it's so often a, uh, a kind of pragmatic, utilitarian, and um, a frustrating ending. Well, it would take a guy with a background in decades of media to say widening the aperture, <laughs> right? <laughs> but when it comes to this question, like that's really what's, I think, so frustrating to those of us who know what the real Christmas story is, who know what the real salvation history story is, so that when, you know, at the end of the show, someone says, well, the real meaning of Christmas is being with your friends and appreciating the ones that you love, like we can be like, yeah, that's a major part of it, right? Like, we can affirm some right. of that. We can affirm some of those things. But how do we – I mean, I guess this is the – there's no way for you to answer this in a couple of minutes. But, I mean, how do we as a church understand that what the secular culture is offering, you know, is sometimes awful, right? But sometimes they're getting at something that they just don't have the hooks to get into it. Like, they just – they're aiming at something, and they just can't – they can't grasp it. And we've got the thing. That's right. Yeah, well – uh, I think people are uh, emerging from the theater or whatever, realizing that what they've just been said is kind of, uh, uh, first of all, they're not sure that the definitions that they just learned aren't going to change in uh, a month or a year. And um, catechists and all of us as, as parents, et cetera, we need to uh, engage with the young people especially, but with everybody, and say, hey, did you just see this movie or this Netflix show or whatever? And uh, what did you think of it? Uh, how do you think other people uh, made sense of it? And do you think that there should be something more? And most of the time, I bet people would say, yeah, it really didn't get at the truth, and it, at the truth that they presented really doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Well, when you sent me notes for this piece, and uh, of course this originally appeared on Father Spitzer's blog, and uh, I encourage people to go check it out through your site and through his as well. Uh, but you, you, yeah. you kind of expressed this idea at the beginning of it that people are attracted to story, and if we don't tell them what a great story we're got, we've got, 
they're going to go find a great story somewhere else, or they're going to find that's Frozen right. 4, right? Like, they're going to find that's a story. Right. People want a story. Like, how do we maybe remind ourselves that what we're telling is not just a series of doctrines, but the, I mean, to, to borrow the cliche, the greatest story ever told? Like, how do we get back to that? Well, we, we do have to see our own faith as a set of stories, as basic as the Bible stories. And uh, one of my uh, favorite teachers growing up was a professor who said that we have to teach the catechism as a love story. And uh, it, it includes uh, mystery and wonderment and awe, but it also uh, includes uh, suffering and pain the things that make life really meaningful and really relevant to genuine experiences. It really is the greatest story, and we need to show our own enthusiasm for that in more discussions and homilies and conversations. Well, and as it comes up so often, and uh, not to borrow too hard from John Mark Grody over at the Coming Home Network, but... You know, people contact us at the Coming Home Network all the time and say, oh, that's such a great story that this Protestant pastor who became Catholic had. I wish I had a story. And John Mark's like, no, you have a story. Like, everyone right. has a story. If you're going to Mass instead of sleeping in, there's a reason that you're doing that, and you have a story to tell about why that is. So thanks that's so right. much, And go Bill forth Schmidt. and tell. Exactly, oh, yeah. Go tell it on a mountain or wherever you got. Uh, if our exactly. listeners want to connect with you and find your website, how do they do so? That's the onward.net and the billschmidt.substack.com. Linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Thanks so much, Bill. Have a great day. Uh, thank you very much, Matt. All the best. All right, back after this, it's 16 past. Support is for MediShare. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that is MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save many families up to 500 bucks a month, and that is huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with. You can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can say. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. We know a lot of you love anything pumpkin-flavored, and others, well, not so much. But the Mystic Monks of Wyoming are taking care of both of you with their coffee. That's right. Their seasonal favorite pumpkin spice blend is available, along with other normal flavors. And when you purchase them after clicking the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com, you earn us a commission. While you're at our site, pick up a Sunrise Morning Show mug in our online store. Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com. The most original and exclusive Catholic content is on EWTN Radio. You know, we talk story with each of our very unique guests for the whole hour so that you can go deep with us as you yourself pursue your own story of heroic virtue and as you pursue intimacy with God. The Bear Wozniak Adventure, Saturday night, 6 Eastern on EWTN Radio.
19 past. Here's Anna with headlines. There are multiple reports, as yet unconfirmed by either side, saying a hostage deal could be in the works between Israel and Hamas. The patriarchs and heads of churches in Jerusalem are calling on their congregations to forego any unnecessarily festive activities during the Advent and Christmas seasons to stand with those who are suffering in this war. And Pope Francis spoke yesterday to a conference on sainthood, saying no period has been devoid of martyrs, including our own day. Okay, so that plays directly into what Bill and I were just talking about in that people are looking for good stories and all they can come up with right now is Frozen 4. Like, we've got story after story Uh, after story. Matt, this is... I try to teach this to Freddie. So, Freddie loves Paw Patrol. Right. And I hate Paw Patrol. And he goes, Mom, why do you Anna hate Mitchell Paw Patrol? Anna Mitchell now on record saying she hates Paw Patrol. And, and Freddie goes, why do you hate Paw Patrol? And I said, Freddie, it's because they are one-dimensional characters and the plots are predictable. And I want you to be a better storyteller. So if you're going to watch television... I want you to see good storytelling so that you learn how to be a good storyteller. Do you, I don't know if you know this, but Zeke, my 11-year-old, mm-hmm. is obsessed with movie and show tropes. <laughs> he's like, hey, Dad, you know the trope about how X, Y, or Z. He, he's figured out, like, all the ways that people, like, do lazy storytelling. Yeah. This <laughs> is like, an important thing to understand. Like, you know the trope where, like, somebody goes on some wild ride at the end, they, like, just sort of stop and they're like... That was awesome. Matt, this is or, a bigger conversation that we're going to have to have. Because we are going to have to have this. children need to understand good storytelling because it very much has implications for their understanding of the faith. Um, we are, well, as Bill Schmidt would tell you just a moment ago, we're in the greatest story ever told. Yep. What is our part in it? Yep. It's 21 past. Attention, Sacred Heart Radio volunteers. Wednesday, December 6th is our Advent Pledge Drive. And we need volunteers to answer phones from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. that day. If you can help, even for an hour, call 513-731-7740. Or visit sacredheartradio.com and click volunteer. We need your help to raise $60,000 on Wednesday, December 6th. If you can answer phones anytime that day, please visit sacredheartradio.com and click volunteer. Sacred Heart Radio is blessed to have the support of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick GMC in Eaton, Ohio, offering a wide range of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs with on-site financing. Larkin Cobb, close to Eaton, Richmond, Dayton, and Brookville. On the web at LarkinCobb.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. Pregnancy Center West is committed to protecting the unborn by encouraging women to see and choose the beauty of life while offering practical assistance for them and their families. Donate securely online at supportpcw.org. That's supportpcw.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from St. Michael's Rosaries and Religious Articles in Miamisburg, featuring beautiful custom rosaries and thoughtful Christ-centered gifts for weddings, priestly ordinations, and any occasion. 937-530-8026. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Gate of Heaven Cemetery, serving the Archdiocese of Cincinnati for 76 years. They extend their heartfelt thanks to the community for entrusting Gate of Heaven to assist them during their time of sorrow. 
Share the gift of gratitude with your loved ones this Thanksgiving by attending a pre-planning seminar November 21st at 11 a.m., 2 p.m., or 6 p.m. More information at 513-489-0300 or email community at gateofheaven.org. Twenty-three minutes past the hour. You're listening to the Sunrise Morning Show on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Happy to have you along with us on a Friday morning. Meredith Wilson is joining us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. She's editor of a new children's book from Ascension Press, The Mass and the Manger, My Interactive Christmas Story. Meredith, good morning. Good morning, Anna. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, You know, kids love the Christmas story for many, many reasons. I mean, obviously, there's the whole gift part of Christmas, which makes it exciting. But I think that the story of the nativity is is particularly appealing to children. I mean, you got the journey of Mary and Joseph, the angels and the shepherds, the animals, and, oh, there's the baby Jesus as well. Um, but for many children, I imagine that it that it kind of stops there, that it's just a story that they get to get excited about at a particular time every year. So can you tell us how this book will connect them to a much more regular experience they have throughout the year with the Mass? Yeah, so true. Everybody loves Christmas, but how do you enter into that story And the Mass in the Manger is really about helping kids understand that the Eucharist is at the heart of Christmas. Mm. Um, And the full page, it has full page flaps that open out. Um, And so you see Mary and Joseph on the way to Bethlehem, and you really get immersed in the story. And then the whole page is a flap that opens out across your lap, and you see the main characters in the story who are a little boy and a little girl, and they're going to Mass. Mm. Uh, And it all culminates in the baby Jesus, who's the gift in the Eucharist, and the gift in the manger, um, and so kids discover that connection. Um, the whole book is written as this prayer that's in the heart of the little boy who's going to Mass, um, and they don't have names in the story, so every child can see themselves in the story and um, get the connection between baby Jesus in the manger and Jesus in the Eucharist. Yeah, I love the part. Um, it says, I'm in the middle of the book right here, but uh, and I'll try to hold up uh, the the uh, pictures for those of us, uh, for those of you who are watching on the video feed here. It says, but look, it's time. The angels sing, and through the night, their voices ring. The shepherds rush to see, and then you open the flap, and you see them sitting there, or kneeling there at mass as father is is elevating the host at the the consecration it says the server rings his bells now too long loud and clear announcing you you're held up now for all to see i'm so amazed you've come for me my heart it bursts with joy i think this is so beautiful especially because um as if you look at the the images here you see the baby jesus right there at the foot of the altar, as Father is holding up Jesus in the Eucharist. Yes, I love the illustrations in that book. The picture that you're talking about, the shepherds are looking up and they're just bathed in light and they're so amazed, their mouths are hanging open. And then you open the flap and it's the same. And of course, the children have their prayer, their hands folded in prayer and they're very reverent, but we just saw the shepherds and their mouths were hanging open. So we know like how amazing this is. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, I mean, this is a great Christmas gift, Meredith, and a, and a great book for, for kids to take with them to, to Christmas Mass. But how would you say that this can actually help them with Advent, which is, of course, the season that we are looking ahead to right now? Yeah, it helps kids picture what it was like for Mary and Joseph to travel to Bethlehem and get ready for Jesus. And that helps kids realize that that's just like how they're actually getting ready for Mass. So those pictures show Mother Mary and St. Joseph looking for a place to stay and getting the stable ready. And, you know, we see them knocking at the door of the stable and Joseph's peering in and then are knocking at the door of the inn and Joseph's peering in and then they're in the stable getting ready on harnessing the donkey. And as the kids open up the flaps, they realize, oh, that's just like what I'm doing as I'm going to Mass. And so we see a, a picture of the kids in the car driving through the starlit streets to midnight mass and peeking in the door of the church into the lit church um, and kneeling down and looking up at the altar with the candles lit on the altar. Um, so it's just a great way for kids to kind of enter into the joy that Mary and Joseph must have felt on their journey to meet Jesus at his birth and how we meet him in the Eucharist at Mass too. The altar is your crib now, King, and gathered round the people sing sweet melodies to show our love. Just like the angels up above, we worship and adore you. I think that the end of this book, and I'm hoping you can reflect on this a little bit, Meredith, is particularly good for young children who have not yet received their first Holy Communion. I mean, it's obviously great for kids who have received their first Holy Communion, but this idea of of guarding Jesus in our hearts and being like Mary and Joseph in that way. Yeah, totally. It's a great way for little kids, little ones, to participate in the Christmas Mass. The two main characters are a little boy who's probably old enough to be First Communion age and then his little sister who's not, and she's with him too. One of my favorite parts of the book is when the priest holds up the host at Mass and there's this beautiful picture of Mother Mary holding baby Jesus. And then you lift the flap and you see a close-up of the Holy Eucharist held up for adoration. And the words talk about how Mother Mary models our love for Jesus. And I'll just read a little bit of the text. It goes, your mother hugs you as you rest. With all her heart, she loves you best, her Savior and her Lord. Like Mary, I will draw you close. And as the priest holds up the host, I know it's you. It's not a sign. And it goes on. So whether you're old enough to receive Holy Communion or you're still learning about it, you're just kind of drawn into that love and that gift. Yeah, whether you've received your first Holy Communion or not, you can still adore our Lord in the host. And we've been talking to Meredith Wilson, and uh, she's an editor at Ascension Press and worked on this book, The Mass and the Manger, written by Jennifer Sharp, illustrated by Gina Capaldi. And you can find it linked at sunrisemorningshow.com, ascensionpress.com slash mass and manger. Meredith, it was such a joy to talk to you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. You bet. You can find all of our guests linked in our show notes at sonrisemorningshow.com. Half past the hour now on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's time for news. Multiple reports are saying a hostage deal could be in the works between Israel and Hamas. The deal would reportedly free 50 women and children in exchange for Palestinian prisoners. The exchange would also reportedly coincide with a three to five day ceasefire. The reports have yet to be officially confirmed by Israel or Hamas. Meanwhile, the war rages on between the two of them. 
Mark Mayfield reports. Israeli forces stormed Gaza's main hospital and said they found weapons and a laptop with a photo of a kidnapped Israeli soldier on it. This comes as President Biden says he doesn't believe the war will end unless there's a two-state solution. It's also as Israel is ordering Palestinians to leave four towns in the southern part of Gaza. Over 12,000 people have been killed since Hamas attacked Israel on October 7th. I'm Mark Mayfield. The patriarchs and heads of churches in Jerusalem have said these are not normal times and so are calling on their congregations to forego any unnecessarily festive activities during the Advent and Christmas seasons in order to stand strong with those suffering amid the war in the Holy Land. In a statement, they say, in these ways, we believe we will be standing in support of those continuing to suffer just as Christ did with us in his incarnation. They said, we encourage our priests and the faithful to focus more on the spiritual meaning of Christmas in their pastoral activities and liturgical celebrations during this period with all the focus directed at holding in our thoughts our brothers and sisters affected by this war and its consequences and with fervent prayers for a just and lasting peace for our beloved Holy Land. Moreover, they say, during the season of giving, we also invite the faithful to advocate, pray, and contribute generously as they are able for the relief of the victims of this war and for those in dire need, as well as to encourage others to join them in this mission of mercy, end quote. In other news, United Auto Workers members at General Motors have approved a new contract with the automaker. The vote was 55% voting in favor of the deal with 45% voting no. Ford and Stellantis workers also approved the deal. UAW President Sean Fain will give an update on the vote totals later today. Pope Francis spoke yesterday to a conference on sainthood saying no period has been devoid of martyrs including in our own day. From Vatican Radio, Joseph Tollock reports. In his speech, the Pope discussed three important aspects of holiness. Its power to unify, its place in the family, and martyrdom. Martyrdom, the Pope said, is a powerful model of saintliness, of which we have had many examples throughout the history of the Church. There is no period which has been devoid of martyrs, he stressed, including our own day. In particular, Pope Francis focused on the case of Asia Bibi, a Pakistani Catholic sentenced to death for blasphemy, who was imprisoned for many years before eventually being released and moving to Canada. Nearly nine years of Christian witness, Pope Francis underlined, and there are many, many like her who testify, he said, to faith and charity. Pope Francis's address also touched on two other important aspects of holiness, its place in everyday family life and its power to unify communities. Holiness, the Pope said, implies charity, which in turn unites us with our brothers and sisters. When God calls an individual, he said, it is always for the good of all, as in the case of Abraham and Moses, Peter and Paul. The final subject of Pope Francis's address was holiness as it occurs in families. As an example, the Pope presented the Polish couple Joseph and Victoria Ulmer and their seven children. They attempted to save Jewish families from the Nazis by hiding them in their home, but were all eventually caught and murdered. This Polish family, Pope Francis said, reminds us that sanctification is a community journey and can never be made alone, but only as part of a team. I'm Joseph Tullock. The gag order against Donald Trump in his civil business fraud trial has been temporarily suspended. 
Brian Shook reports. A New York appeals judge granted a request by Trump's legal team for an interim stay of the gag order, arguing it violates Trump's freedom of speech. The former president has been fined twice for apparent violations of the order, which the judge put in place following Trump's comments attacking the judge and his law clerk. I'm Brian Shook. Pope Francis yesterday addressed participants in an international congress on Venerable Maria Vagreda. And he said she had three offer three lessons to offer the church and humanity, silence, mysticism, and mission. That's the news. It's 35 past the hour. To keep Pro-Life Radio alive next year, Sacred Heart Radio listeners will begin by raising $60,000 on Wednesday, December 6th. So ask everyone to listen now and to help us raise $60,000 on December 6th during our Advent Pledge Drive. Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air are proud supporters of Sacred Heart Radio, home of the 100% satisfaction guarantee, because our work is done right the first time. For all your plumbing, heating, and air conditioning work, Find us at skpha.com, skpha.com. Catholic Engaged Encounter Weekends are a marriage preparation program led by married couples and a priest or deacon. What makes this marriage prep program unique is you will have two days as a couple to delve into important subjects that will affect your relationship together for the rest of your lives. More time for prayer and reconciliation and closing the weekend with Mass. More information is at cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. That's Cincinnati-Covington.EngagedEncounter.com. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this Feast of St. Elizabeth of Hungary, Friday, November the 17th. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air online at skpha.com. Grab the rain gear for today. You're going to need it. Right now, temperatures in the upper 50s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, showers are likely before 2 p.m. and some lighter afternoon showers after that with a high today of 62 degrees. Partly cloudy tonight with an overnight low of 34. Sunshine tomorrow, but a lot cooler. A high of 51 degrees. For the Miami Valley Dayton area, periods of rain today and a high of 60 degrees, clearing late with an overnight low of 32. It'll be mostly sunny and cooler tomorrow with a high of 50 degrees. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio, 740 a.m., 910 a.m. Download our app at sacredheartradio.com. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, and we hope that you are off to a great Thanksgiving week next week. But we know that many of you have lots to prepare for before you can even think about that. So we are praying for you as you head into the weekend. Bobby Schindler now joining us from the Terry Schiavo Life and Hope Network. Bobby, as uh, I've been asking around various Sunrise Morning Show regular family members, is there any kind of Thanksgiving recipe you're known for, or do they make you stay out of the way? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think uh, it's embarrassing that my cooking abilities. I, I think uh, pasta and, and scrambled eggs are about the extent of it. Oh man! Well, do they at least make you scrub a pot at the end of it? Maybe. Oh, uh, yeah, you know. I can clean up pretty well. All right, there you go. Well, that's you know, if if there's one thing you can say about Bobby Schindler, he can clean up pretty well. I mean, hey, yeah, that's, I, I mean, there's worse things I, that one is it. <laughs> that's I place my say skills and talents to clean up afterwards. That's my contribution. Well, there you go. Well, 
we have some good news to get to this week, but there's also a story that's um, that's very frustrating and upsetting and, uh, frankly, a disappointment uh, regarding baby Andy. I wonder if you could share us that update, uh, just because I know a lot of our listeners have been praying for that family. Yeah, sad, sadly and tragically, Matt, uh, Indy was uh, was killed. Uh, her, her life support was removed uh, last week after we spoke about her case, that the courts offered no relief to the parents to, to get her treatment. And unfortunately, as I said, she was killed. So please, I mean, keep the parents. I'm sure they're really going through a very difficult time, Time, obviously. Uh, the whole situation was heartbreaking. It was uh, encouraging to see the support, the amount of support that she was receiving. I saw articles and just countless uh, entries or, or uh, comments on our Facebook page supporting uh, her life and treatment. So, uh, you know, God bless her parents, and and uh, you know, hopefully these types of cases will be, will, you know, we won't see more of these types of cases, but unfortunately I, I uh, anticipate we, we probably will in the future. Well, and as, especially as we head toward the holidays, uh, keep that family in your prayers because I know this is going to be a very rough one uh, for all of them. Uh, but when it comes to this question of assisted suicide, I mean, we tell a lot of really unfortunate and upsetting stories. And when I saw that the American Medical Association was looking at changes to their questions regarding assisted suicide and what their official position was going to be, I was very, very worried. What actually happened? Right. I, I think a lot of people were really keeping a close eye on this. It kind of flew under the radar, as it typically does. Uh, so the American, they, they were trying, they were asking the American, in the Medical Association, they've done, I believe uh, Wesley Smith wrote about it. This is the fourth time they've, they've attempted to do this. They're asking them not to endorse it, but to simply go neutral on, on the question of assisted suicide, which is essentially uh, endorsing it, Matt. I mean, how do you stand neutral, doctors stand neutral on assisted suicide? But nonetheless, they went to a vote, and the American Medical Association, for the fourth time, rejected it. And some of the language, Matt, I mean, it's really encouraging. I you know, I sometimes wonder where are these doctors because it seems like the ones we're dealing with are, are not following, you know, what the, the American Medical Association is is saying uh, regarding the, the treatment of patients. They, they, they said uh, in this report that euthanasia is fundamentally incompatible with the physician's role as a healer and poses serious societal risk. They also said euthanasia could really be extended to incompetent patients and vulnerable populations. And they went on to say physicians who perform, perform euthanasia assume unique responsibilities for the act of ending the patient's life. So, uh, and then they went on to, to, re to reinforce and to remind people what physicians and doctors do and, and the American Medical Association, that they should not abandon a Which patient once they come Which is so basic. Like, I can't even believe we have to keep on bringing it up every week, segment after segment. Well, I think I think that's that's it, it's good to be reminded, but it's why we're dealing with what we're dealing with. And I and as I said, I mean, it, it just seems like uh, you want to point some of these doctors to what their own association is saying that they must respect the patient's autonomy, provide good communication, and emotional support, and provide appropriate comfort, care, and adequate pain control. So it's just encouraging, Matt, that you have a second, a huge secular organization like the Medical Association, really just reminding people just the, the, the role uh, as doctors, as healers, and, um, and not as merchants of death, so to speak. Uh, but at the same time, you, you know, you read 
about how uh, Minnesota, Connecticut, Illinois, all just re- Illinois, all just recently, are strongly pushing uh, assisted suicide. And you know, Matt, there, there's also this very strong push to change the language once again. I guess they're seeing all the success in, and I say that facetiously, in, in Canada using the, the, the acronym MAID, which is yeah, medical, the medical aid and dying. dying. Yeah. Right. And they're really pushing this acronym now here in the United States. And there's three uh, aggressive MAID introductions that are happening uh, in Illinois, as I said, Connecticut and Minnesota right now. So we really need to keep an eye and our prayers on those three states and, and that uh, it doesn't move forward and the legislature rejects any attempt to uh, legalize what it is, Matt. It's doctors assisting in the killing of patients. Well, there are a couple things that you pointed out um, that the AMA was trying to remind people of in terms of what it means to be medical professionals. Uh, Among them, respect the wishes and desires of the patient and their family, which is one of the things that you end up... I mean, when we talk about cases, it's usually because that thing's gotten violated. But the other thing being, uh, you know, when it comes to this whole question of, of... what does it mean to provide comfort care when you know somebody is dying your solution should not be like all right let's starve them for a week and a half <laughs> you know like it's insane to me that we're still even having this conversation right and, and with all as you, as you said Matt with with, with all the advances uh, that we've made with pain control uh, there's something like it, it's like in the uh, last time I was reading about this and doing research uh, comfort care and pain control now, that they, they, they have percentages up in the upper 90s of being able to control any type of, of pain that is connected let to... Let them say goodbye, let them spend some lucid moments holding your hand. Like, these are little things that matter a lot if you're a human being. Well, absolutely, and, and that's why we work so hard and, and, and advocate so so hard and passionately for the proper care of of these patients and, and, you know, when their family members are, are wondering what is going on, why are these decisions being made, why are they trying so hard to hasten uh, my loved one's death, why is she not getting proper comfort care in many cases. So, um, you know, we, we just hope we, we see, you know, I really hope this, you know, with the encouragement of the AMA and, and really there's, there is, um, seems to be a, a, a more attention to Matt because I think the uh, death of dignity people, uh, I say that in quotes, are, are really getting aggressive. And, and I think it's, it's starting to really awaken uh, many of the people here that have been kind of sitting on the sidelines, particularly on the assisted suicide issue. So, um, you know, with all this activity, I hope there's an increasing amount of pushback and, and people start understanding uh, the importance of, of fighting what they're trying to do because it really. Um, it, 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 the consequences for, for just people like you and I, I mean, it's just um, you, you can't measure uh, the impact that these types of laws and decisions are, are going to have on, on us and, and our loved ones. Well, Bobby, before we let you go, I know that for a lot of different people listening across our audience, Thanksgiving, Christmas, I mean, when the holidays come back around, you kind of remember who's not there. And... You know, sometimes you, you know, you kind of wonder, like, 
is this person okay? Like, you know, should I visit them in the nursing home? Like, what should I do? Like, for those people who have isolated members, medically vulnerable people in their families who maybe they're feeling that tinge of conscience, like maybe this Thanksgiving I should go check on this person. Like, what would you say to to encourage people to remember those of us, uh, those people in our our circle of loved ones who are uh, perhaps more isolated than most, especially during the holidays? Yeah, I think too many, too many family members and loved ones, when they're in those types of situations, Matt, think that they're burdens, and and and, and uh, they don't want to, they don't want to trouble or or, um, or do anything that, that that's going to make their, their family members feel uncomfortable. Uh, but but just to simply visit, uh, if if you do have relatives or, or loved ones in nursing homes, I, I can't because we, you know, we all our own family. And I'm sure most families do experience or have loved ones that are in some type of situation. And just to visit them and, and let them know that you love them and you're there for them and they're not burdens and, and show them the compassion that they that they long for and they want. I mean, I think it's really important uh, that, that you, you, you do that because it, 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 it could really mean a world of difference to them. And, and I think Thanksgiving and the holidays is a perfect time to remind them how much you love them and how you're there for them and, and you'll never – do anything that, that would, you know, other, other than to love them unconditionally. Honestly, Bobby, I have some pretty incredible memories of eating some terrible hospital mashed potatoes with some people <laughs> who couldn't get out, uh, but it was a chance to see them like the one or two times of year that I could actually go see them. Uh, so don't neglect those times if you have that opportunity. Um, Bobby, if our listeners want to connect with you, how do they do so? Sure. It's lifeandhope.com, lifeandhope.com. Linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Thank you so much, Bobby Schindler. Have a wonderful day. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to everyone over there. Thanks a lot, Matt. God bless you. And a happy Thanksgiving to you. We're back with more right after this. It's 12 till. Support is from Affirm Films comes Journey to Bethlehem, a Christmas musical film for the whole family. This wasn't a dream. An angel came to me. You are in danger, Mary. This child. What is his name? Jesus. Journey to Bethlehem, starring Fiona Palomo, Milo Mannheim, Lecrae, Joel Smallbone, and Antonio Banderas. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. In theaters everywhere now. Soundtrack also available. More information is at journeytobethlehem.com. I have been a school sister of Notre Dame for 72 years. Most senior Catholic sisters, brothers, and religious order priests serve for years with little pay. I always taught the primary grades, and I loved it. Today, hundreds of religious communities lack retirement funds. Your gift to the Retirement Fund for Religious helps provide medications and care. Please give to those who have given a lifetime. Thank you, and God bless you a hundredfold. Donate at your local parish. It's the season of chunky soup and chunky sweaters, which means it's also pumpkin coffee season. And the Mystic Monks have their pumpkin spice blend in stock and ready for you to enjoy. And when you go to the Monks through sunrisemorningshow.com, we earn a commission on any flavor coffee or tea that you buy. Why shell out five bucks for a tall PSL when you can customize your own at home and drink it from a Sunrise Morning Show mug that you can find in our online store. Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee through sunrisemorningshow.com. 
I'm Jeanette DeMello, Editor-in-Chief of the National Catholic Register, and together with Matthew Bunsen, I co-host Register Radio, where every week we talk to the Register's writers and editors about the news you need to know and offer authentic Catholic insight on the important stories that impact your life. Join us for Register Radio, Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern and Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern, here on EWTN Global Catholic Radio. Until here's Anna Mitchell with headlines. There are reports, multiple reports, saying a hostage deal may be in the works between Israel and Hamas that could free 50 women and children. The patriarchs and heads of churches in Jerusalem are calling on their congregations to forego any unnecessarily festive activities during the Advent and Christmas seasons in solidarity with those suffering in the war in the Holy Land. And Pope Francis spoke yesterday to a conference on sainthood saying that there has been no period devoid of martyrs, including in our own day. News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. Anna Mitchell, we put the question out there earlier this morning since we're heading into Thanksgiving next weekend. Mm -hmm. And this weekend is probably when you're going to have to do the shopping. True. It just is. Uh, so the question to our For listeners For those of was, you who do not procrastinate like I do. Right. And then if, you uh, go and find what's left at the grocery store on Wednesday. I try, I try and stay ahead of the game. But we've got some great stuff from our listeners. So if you go to sunrisemorningshow.com, look into the comments on our Facebook post. So Jen does a mashed potato casserole. I want you to just Ooh. like think about the ingredients here. Okay. I'm listening. Mashed potatoes, butter, cream cheese, sour cream, garlic powder, topped with cheddar cheese, and baked. Now, wow. typically when I do my mashed potatoes, I only do either milk or like a sour mm -hmm. cream. Yeah. But this I, is one of those all salt. of the above. Milk and salt. It's it's an all of the above recipe. Yeah. I might try Jen's idea. It's pretty cool. Um, Barb, our pal from CatholicMom.com. Oh, yeah. Barb Shishkevitz, and I'm never going to pronounce her name right ever, uh, shared a recipe on our Facebook page for molasses crinkle cookies, which molasses Whoa. is one of the – it's like one of the underrated flavors of the season. Yeah. Because it goes in like gingerbread. It goes in a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. But uh, the molasses crinkle cookies look good. They look real good. Ricotta turkey stuffing from Tom. Yeah, I kind of want to know more about Tom's ricotta, ricotta for every stuffing. every pound of ricotta, use two eggs. Wow. He posted – okay, so let's put a shout-out and appreciation to Tom who took a um, a piece of actual notebook paper – that has a handwritten recipe on it and screenshotted oh, it for us. This looks like, I mean, I don't think he just wrote this out. This looks like he's had it. This, somebody, else, somebody else it wrote this out and he has up, kept it. It has been folded up and tucked into a cookbook for years and years and years. You can tell. All right. And it's very, stuff it in the bird or cook it on the side as a souffle. Oh. Wow. I'm getting excited already. Leah B. Levitt, Ooh. who is the person who... Uh, you hear her voice often. You hear her voice often on the Sunrise Morning Show. On the Sunrise Morning Show. She talks about roasted root vegetables with honey, rosemary, and olive oil Ooh. caramelized on whatever root vegetable you like best. I would probably wow. go like beets and turnips, maybe some sautéed onions. Wow. She says parsnips and sweet potatoes as a good start. You know, the root veggies are a great. I mean, Rita Heikenfeld would back me up on this. Oh, absolutely. Root veggies are a solid 
a solid base. If you're looking for something like substantial to put on the side, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's and of course, good. there are a few different people who have said something about green bean casserole. Anna Mitchell, are you a green bean casserole person or are you I am an not. anti? I am not a green bean casserole person. I actually make my job for Thanksgiving every year is to make the broccoli casserole. Which okay. is basically just broccoli and cheese, but it's, you know... Do you, you put, layer... like, cream of mushroom soup in there? Or... Oh, no, no, no. It's basically you you do a layer of broccoli. So you, I usually get frozen broccoli just because it's easier. Is this easier. a Ritz cracker one? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you've got the... You, you boil the, the frozen broccoli to cook it, and you do a layer of broccoli, salt, cheese. I like to use Colby Jack cheese because it melts better, but you can use, you know, whatever cheese you want. And then you just keep layering it until you get to the top. And then you crumble Ritz crackers over the top, which is oddly satisfying. It really if is. If you've never, like, taken a Now, do you hand stack- crumble them or oh, do you yes. put them in a Ziploc? Oh, no, I hand them? hand crumble. Because those are, those are two different options. Like, if you're going to crumble something, you can either just, like, crush it in your fists or you yeah. can put it in a Ziploc. Well, you don't have to put Ritz then... crackers in a Ziploc. That's what I'm saying is that it okay. is oddly satisfying to take a stack of Ritz and just, like, and then they just fall yeah. apart. And it's good. Yeah. You put it in the oven um, for, like, 45 minutes at, like, four 400. So yeah. simple. My mom, you know, Rita didn't share this one this year. I need to look at this. I Um, feel like we just got a post. Oh, no, we got a post. Oh, Somebody responded on the Facebook page. This is a Travis Smith. I don't know. Oh, oh, I've never heard of him. He says, okay, he says cream lettuce. Okay, I don't even know what this means. Travis. Sweetened condensed milk, vinegar, and lettuce. Bring on Travis. Travis? Nobody ever gets to hear from Travis. I want to know. We have, like, one minute. With one minute left. Travis, come running into the studio. Travis, we need to hear from you. He's coming. Here he comes. Travis has dyed his beer white because he's got to start playing Santa for the next four weeks. You don't believe me, but I trust trust you. Okay, Travis, tell me. You're on. All right. Tell me about the cream cream lettuce. lettuce. What it is, it's just lettuce. Okay. Sweetened condensed milk and vinegar all mixed together. It's delicious. It sounds weird, but you all just have to mix that together to taste and just keep tasting the mixture until it's like sweet and uh, savory at the same time. It's okay. perfect. I don't know what I. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm my kind, mind of is kind of horrified by this. <laughs> it's perfect. You're horrified Every year, because you're a, chicken, you're a chicken nugget person with I'll ketchup, bring Anna Mitchell. Okay. I'm going to try this. He's going to bring with it in for me with cookies from Daniel Bean. It's oh going to be gosh. amazing. Who better to celebrate Thanksgiving with than your sunrise morning show? I know, right? I mean, Happy well. Friday, everybody. We'll be back again on Monday. Go to the grocery store now, not Tuesday. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. Where can you read why God replaced his created light with the light of the world? And find out how you can protect pro-life radio. Where can you see the big man that delivered the Sunrise Morning Show on video? And learn how we plan to sweeten the deal when Sacred Heart Radio visits your parish. Plus, get our QR card, the updated program schedule, and more in Sacred Heart Radio's Christmas newsletter. To get it, go to sacredheartradio.com and click newsletter sign up. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Our Lady of the Holy Spirit Center, presenting the advent of Christmas in Bethlehem. Bethlehem comes alive and the spirit of the Holy Land is reborn. 
Sunday, December 3rd, is a special day for the children with crafts and activities, St. Nicholas, and live animals. And December 10th, the living interactive town of Bethlehem continues. And this year, it's even bigger than ever. Register at theholyspiritcenter.org. All proceeds benefit the Holy Spirit Center. The Cincinnati Chapter of Legatus is a national network of Catholic business owners, CEOs, and managing partners facing the challenges of faith, family, and business each day. We meet once a month with our spouse for a mass, dinner, and speaker. We have the support of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati and many members throughout the parishes, including yours. We would appreciate the chance to share what we are about with you and enjoy Mass together soon. Contact us at Cincinnati at Legatus.org. That's Cincinnati at Legatus.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Central Fabricators. Central Fabricators is currently seeking welders for their ASME code fabrication shop. They're looking for hardworking professionals who enjoy meeting challenges and surpassing customer expectations. Candidates are required to have experience in fit-up and welding. This is long-term employment in a secure, rewarding full-time career with a four-day work week, health care and dental benefits, and paid vacations. More information at centralfabricators.com. That's centralfabricators.com. Looking for a special gift for a loved one this holiday season? Consider an offering of rest, prayer, and a time for reflection. Give the gift of a weekend retreat at the Jesuit Spiritual Center, a time to get away from the busyness of life and embrace God's love and mercy. Call now at 513-248-3500 for more information. That's 513-248-3500, 513-248-3500. Proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, Cincinnati Right to Life ensures that God-given rights are guaranteed for all simply by being human regardless of age or stage, ability or disability. More information at 1-800-712-HELP. This is Father Benedict Kroll, the Director of Mission Advancement for the Angelicum in Rome. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. On this Friday, the 17th of November, the Feast of St. Elizabeth of Hungary. Let's pray together in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> o Christ, St. Elizabeth gave up all material goods and honor for your sake. Through her intercession, we pray. We pray, all, we pray for all those wealthy in goods and prestige. Grant them freedom of heart to devote all they have to your service. Pray for those who have been seduced by the desire for money or social position. Let them see the bounty of the gospel. We pray for those who have left all things to follow you. Keep them faithful in their desire to seek and to serve you. O God of all good, you you gave St. Elizabeth the true wealth of holiness. Through her example and intercession, grant us the freedom that comes from renunciation of self. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Elizabeth of Hungary, pray for us. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. Glad that you are with us here on a Friday morning. 
heading into Thanksgiving week next week. I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. We'll talk to Joseph Pierce with more stories from English Catholic history. Mike Aquilina will be along as well as we look at the cities of God. That's a series he's done for the Way of the Fathers podcast for Catholic culture. Kevin Prendergast has more thoughts on uh, helping to process grief during the holiday season. And we will look at the Sunday Mass readings with Father Hezekiah Carnazzo. So please do stay with us if you can. News a service of Bridgetown Finer Meats and BridgetownFinerMeats.com. Here's Anna Mitchell. Good morning. Israel is reportedly negotiating with Hamas on a deal to free dozens of hostages being held in Gaza. The deal would reportedly free 50 women and children in return for Palestinian prisoners being held in Israeli jails. Reports say the exchange would coincide with at least a three-day ceasefire. The reports have not been confirmed officially by either side just yet. So the war between Israel and Hamas continues. Mark Mayfield has more. Israeli forces stormed Gaza's main... Apparently that's not going to work, but Israeli forces did raid the Al-Shifa hospital in Gaza City, reportedly finding the photo of an Israeli soldier who has been kidnapped. The patriarchs and heads of churches in Jerusalem are calling on their congregations to forego any unnecessarily festive activities during the Advent and Christmas seasons in order to stand strong with those suffering amid the war in the Holy Land. In a statement, they say, quote, in these ways, we believe we will be standing in support of those who continue to suffer just as Christ did with us in his incarnation. In other news, a stable relationship between the U.S. and China is good for the world economy. That's what President Biden told government officials and industry leaders during the APEC CEO summit in San Francisco yesterday. Biden said he had constructive talks with Chinese President Xi Jinping on Wednesday, and the two leaders agreed to resume military-to-military channels to reduce the risk of miscommunication. He added, however, the U.S. and Beijing have real differences when it comes to leveling the economic playing field and protecting intellectual property. Pope Francis spoke yesterday to a conference on sainthood, saying no period has been devoid of martyrs, including our own day. From Vatican Radio, Joseph Tollock reports. In his speech, the Pope discussed three important aspects of holiness. It's power to unify, it's place in the family, and martyrdom. Martyrdom, the Pope said, is a powerful model of saintliness, of which we have had many examples throughout the history of the Church. There is no period which has been devoid of martyrs, he stressed, including our own day. In particular, Pope Francis focused on the case of Azia Bibi, a Pakistani Catholic sentenced to death for blasphemy, who was in prison for many years before eventually being released and moving to Canada. Nearly nine years of Christian witness, Pope Francis underlined, and there are many, many like her who testify, he said, to faith and charity. Pope Francis's address also touched on two other important aspects of holiness, its place in everyday family life and its power to unify communities. Holiness, the Pope said, implies charity, which in turn unites us with our brothers and sisters. When God calls an individual, he said, it is always for the good of all, as in the case of Abraham and Moses, Peter and Paul. The final subject of Pope Francis's address was holiness as it occurs in families. As an example, the Pope presented the Polish couple Joseph and Victoria Ulmer and their seven children. They attempted to save Jewish families from the Nazis by hiding them in their home. 
but were all eventually caught and murdered. This Polish family, Pope Francis said, reminds us that sanctification is a community journey and can never be made alone, but only as part of a team. I'm Joseph Tullock. During their General Assembly this week, the U.S. bishops voted to advance the cause for beatification of Servant of God Isaac Thomas Hecker, the priest who founded the Paulist Fathers and was dedicated to evangelizing and building up the Catholic community in the United States. He is also the priest associated with what Pope Leo XIII called the heresy of Americanism. But many, including bishops in his time, defended him and sought to clear his name. 8.06 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. You know, Paul? I don't want to. I don't want to either. Oh. Um, Will and I were talking on Sunday when the Bengals were ultimately losing to the Houston. Texans. Yeah, got it. Um, he was not looking forward to the fact that the Bengals then had the Thursday night game, and he said, guys always get injured when they have to play the Thursday night game. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, you know, it uh, unfortunately, Hero. I'll hit the music. Yeah, Unfortunately, hit the music. it hit. It's it, a little too it got, happy it got of both music. Teams. Yeah, but. a little cheerful music, but uh, that's that's all right. Let's get to uh, sports. Ravens improved to eight and three after taking down our Cincinnati Bengals, thirty-four to twenty. The real bad news is Joe Burrow left the game early with a uh, wrist injury. It appears to be a sprained wrist. Uh, Burrow finished with one hundred and one passing yards and threw a touchdown, but on the touchdown, that's when. That's when it happened, though. Uh, we we shall see what uh, comes of this. Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon each found the end zone. Bengals host the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday. Doesn't feel like it, but Bengals still sit at 5-5, five and five, so uh, tough. Just tough. How about uh, some more football news? Third straight season, Molar Crusaders looking to knock out the Lakota West Firebirds in uh, the Ohio High School Regional Final. Also in action, that game will uh, take place at Mason High School. Also in action, Region 12, Baden trying to keep their perfect season alive. They will host Selena, Selena Bulldogs. All right, that uh, that appears to be the matchup. Baden Rams, Selena Bulldogs, uh, that is high school football. We also um, have uh, basketball tonight. Xavier plays at midnight. Anna Mitchell. Oh, that's right. They're in Las Vegas taking on the Washington uh, Huskies. Uh, Dayton last night dethroned LSU 70-67. to And uh, we actually have Joseph Pierce on the line. Joseph, Chelsea is actually starting to get things together, are they not? Yes, astonishingly, they played the best team in the world, probably. Uh, the European champions and uh, English champions, Manchester City. Last uh, Sunday, and to my astonishment, got a 4-4 draw. So they scored four goals past the best team in the world, and were, you know, certainly they went they went blow for blow. They 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 stood their ground. They certainly deserved it. They weren't lucky um, at all. So yeah, it looks as if this young team we've got the youngest team in the Premier League. So they're inexperienced. It looks as if they might be getting their act together, which is which is very encouraging. Feels like the Reds. It, it, it also feels like these segments, just talking about it, has just kind of helped out the season for, for the Blues yeah, over there. Yeah, let's go ahead and we'll we'll give credit to the Sunrise Morning Show covering <laughs> Chelsea football. Yeah. 
Well, it, it's worked for FC Cincinnati as well, too. Yeah. So uh, hopefully, hopefully things can uh, can prevail. <laughs> Joseph, hang on the line. We'll get back to you. We'll first get to traffic. A service of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet, Buick, and GMC in Eaton, Ohio, on the web at LarkinCobb.com. Take it away, Anna Mitchell. Not too bad on the interstate. It's a couple of heavy spots that aren't even really worth mentioning. So enjoy your ride in Cincinnati and Dayton. For weather, I am sorry to say the weather honeymoon is coming to an end. Showers likely before 2 p.m. today. I don't know. Is it raining yet, Paul? I haven't looked outside. The sidewalk was dry last time I walked by it. Okay. Who knows? All right. So, I don't know. Maybe it's possible you're seeing some rain depending on where you are, but they are likely before 2 o'clock this afternoon. And then there will be some lighter afternoon showers after that and a high today of 62 degrees. So, still fairly warm. Partly cloudy tonight and colder with an overnight low of 34 Sunshine tomorrow and then starts feeling more like mid-November with a high tomorrow of 51. For the Miami Valley Dayton area, periods of rain today and a high of 60 degrees. Clearing late with an overnight low of 32 tonight and mainly sunny skies tomorrow with a high of 50 degrees. Sidewalk was dry. Dry? Okay, good to know. For now. For now. Pack the jacket or pack the umbrella, you know, just be ready. Get the wellies. Isn't that what they're called, Joseph? Wellies? Wellies. Yeah, wellies, short for weddings and boots. Yeah, there you go. I learned that from... Uh... Liz Lev. No, no. No? No, from... Um... I thought Liz Lev says you didn't oh my gosh. speak English. Joseph, Joanna. Jo- Joanna, Joanna Bogle. Bogle. Thank you. That's Thank right. Thank you, Joseph. You knew exactly who I was. The one who accused me of not knowing how to speak English. That was it. <laughs> Joseph Pierce back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. He's visiting professor of literature at Ave Maria University and a visiting fellow of Thomas More College of the Liberal Arts. He's with the Augustine Institute and the St. Austin Review. Join us inner sanctum at jpierce.co. We've been going through his book, Faith of Our Fathers, A History of True England. Joseph, welcome back. It's good to be back, Anna. So uh, we talked last time about the sad end to the life and, and reign of Queen Mary, who had tried to restore the true faith in England after her father had broken away from from the Catholic Church and declared himself the supreme head of, of the Church of England. She died on November 17th. 1558, Cardinal Reginald Pole died that same day. Now, we all know that Queen Elizabeth I would would go on to succeed her, but that whole succession question was rather complicated, wasn't it? Tell us why. Yes, yeah, very convoluted and complicated. I think in my book I quote the uh, the the, uh, the lines. Um, uh, from, um, who was it said it now, William Cobbett. Uh, no, uh, oh, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive. And I think that's Walter Scott, actually. Walter from Scott, Marvin. yeah. 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 Um, so, uh, but that's basically, so what happened, of course, is that, um, uh, that Henry VIII's uh, divorce from uh, his first wife, Catherine of Aragon, was invalid. Um, the divorce was invalid. Therefore, the marriage to Anne Boleyn was also invalid. Um, Mary was the daughter of uh, Henry and uh, Catherine of Aragon, so there's no question of her legitimacy. 
Um, but um, there's a very big question about the legitimacy of um, of Elizabeth, because if she was married, say so she was born uh, out of wedlock, um, but basically if Anne Boleyn and Henry were not legally married, and that was certainly the position of, uh, well, it's the position of the fact of the matter, because the divorce was not valid. Even even Henry basically declared um, Elizabeth illegitimate at one point. The whole thing is, is such a crazy mess. So the point is, if she's born out of wedlock, if, she, if she's illegitimate, she's not, she can't be a legitimate monarch. That's the way it works. The sanctity of marriage is at the heart of the, uh, of, of the, uh, the understanding of, of, of monarchies being... Um, uh, under God. So um, that meant that the, the new Queen of England, in many people's eyes, was not the true Queen of England at all, and that the true Queen of England was actually Mary Stuart, Mary Queen of Scots, who was the nearest living ancestor to Henry VII, Henry VIII's father. All very complicated. All very complicated. What did the Pope have to say about all this at the time? Yeah, well, the, the, the Pope basically took the, the only logical and theological position that, um, that Elizabeth was not born uh, of a legitimate marriage and therefore was not a legitimate monarch. And, of course, for someone like Elizabeth, who's very much an opportunist and a pragmatist and really puts herself before any any faith or theological position, that really turned her against uh, the papacy and sort of, if you like, turned her towards the Protestants uh, in a purely pragmatic Machiavellian sense. But mm. for me, you know, we, we have to st- stand up for, for truth and principle first irrespective of the consequences. So I'm completely with the Pope uh, in, in, in making that judgment call, which is a judgment call based upon objective verity. Is there anyone who, like, in terms of history, that, from a Catholic perspective, that would question the Pope's uh, take on this? No, many many um, of the Catholic martyrs, the priests that were martyred during the reign of Elizabeth I, were, were, they, they, they tried to catch them out by saying, you know, do you, are, you, are you loyal to the Queen's Majesty? Um, in other mm-hmm. words, do you, do you accept and acknowledge Queen Elizabeth I? And some of them, basically, because they didn't want to be seen to be being martyred for so-called treason, um, would basically say that they're not arguing about the Queen's legitimacy. They are being, they've been put to death because of their Catholic faith, which was, in fact, yeah. Yeah. The, the case. But the point is that on a purely, again, a Machiavellian um, mean methods of, of Elizabeth's government and her ministers, they tried to turn it into, it, the whole thing into politics. I do find this interesting. It was something that I had never really thought about before, Joseph, and that being uh, what religious practices Elizabeth kept during the reign of her half-sister, Mary. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so, you know, see, she, she basically went back and forth depending upon who was in power. So during the reign of her half-brother, Elizabeth, uh, uh, um, Edward VI, um, who was the, the person who succeeded from Henry, being the only male heir from another of Henry's marriages, um, that he was, a, he was a, a, a very staunch Protestant. So Elizabeth was a Protestant during the reign of Edward VI, was a practicing Catholic with her own you know, confessor and Catholic chaplain. She attended Mass, and to all intents and purposes, outwardly at least, was a believing, devout Catholic during the reign of her half-sister Mary, when England was once more a Catholic country. And then once she becomes a queen, almost immediately she's persecuting um, Catholic bishops who refuse to uh, um, comply with Protestant um, 
teaching uh, or uh, etc. So I think her true colours come out then, perhaps. Although she was no friend of the hardline Protestants, the Puritans, mm. uh, whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I call her in the book. I think sort of a, a, a some sort of cafeteria Catholic. I think her her aesthetic sensibilities were Catholic, but not if it was going to actually cause problems with her political ambition. Pragmatic if you will. Pragmatic. I mean, exactly. obviously, we can't judge the state of anyone's soul, but we can judge their actions. And clearly, she didn't have um, very deep devotion enough to hold to one or the other, depending on what uh, what would have been the uh, the the religion that was upheld at the moment in each moment of of her life. It's very, very interesting I had never really realized or never really thought about the fact that she would have been a practicing Catholic during the reign of Mary I. We're going to have to leave it there because we're out of time. The book is called Faith of Our Fathers, A History of True England. And you can find Joseph's website, jpierce.co, linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Joseph, thank you. My pleasure to wait God bless you. You too, Joseph. Thanks. All right, it's 18 past. we got traffic and weather coming up next. Attention, Sacred Heart Radio volunteers. Wednesday, December 6th is our Advent Pledge Drive, and we need volunteers to answer phones from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. that day. If you can help, even for an hour, call 513-731-7740 or visit sacredheartradio.com and click Volunteer. We need your help to raise $60,000 on Wednesday, December 6th. If you can answer phones anytime that day, please visit sacredheartradio.com and click Volunteer. Support is for MediShare. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that is MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save many families up to 500 bucks a month, and that is huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with. You can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can say. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. Food makes the party. And you can find the perfect party foods at Bridgetown Finer Meats, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. From mini sandwiches to their jumbo pretzel sandwich, meat and cheese or vegetable and relish trays, Bridgetown Finer Meats can make hosting a party a breeze. And choose your wine while you're there. The BFM Wine Shop has high-quality wines from all over the world. Bridgetown Finder Meats on Bridgetown Road, 513-574-3100, on the web at bridgetownfindermeats.com. 20 past now on the Sunrise Morning Show, and this traffic report is a service of Rose Automotive, pre-owned vehicles on Erie Highway in Hamilton, on the web at roseautomotivegroup.com. Running free and clear right now on the interstate. Stay careful out there once the rain gets in, which... I'm going to talk about right now. Showers likely before 2 p.m. here in Cincinnati with some lighter isolated afternoon showers expected after that with a high of 62 today. Partly cloudy and cooler tonight with an overnight low of 34. Sunshine tomorrow with a high of 51.
For the Miami Valley, Dayton area, periods of rain today and a high of 60 degrees. Clearing late tonight with an overnight low of 32. Mostly sunny tomorrow and a high of 50 degrees. Please pray for with me the prayer for Ohio in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ever-living God, you give life and desire a future for all your children. Take hold of our nation, state, and community and awaken in every heart awe for the gift of life. Send your spirit to strengthen us with wisdom and fortitude as we defend mothers and children in Ohio from laws that disregard their health and safety. Mary and Joseph trusted in you and welcomed Jesus into our broken world. Father, we ask their intercession to protect the preborn and their mothers and to guide all parents in raising their children. May they help us build a civilization of love by upholding the sacredness of life, preserving parental rights, and accompanying pregnant women in need. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lady Mother of the Family, pray for us. St. Joseph, Protector of the Unborn, pray for us. We're back right after this. It's 22 past. Let there be light are the first words that God spoke in the Bible. But even though we chose the darkness of sin, Father Rob Jack reflects on how God overcame the darkness by sending us the light of the world for Sacred Heart Radio's Christmas newsletter. And to bring the light of the world to everyone, use the QR card that we sent so everyone can download the Sacred Heart Radio app. Then on Wednesday, December 6th, local Catholics will prove to those pushing to silence pro-life radio that we are an immovable by raising $60,000 during Sacred Heart Radio's Advent Pledge Drive. And with our Pledge Drive on the Feast of St. Nicholas, you'll meet the big man himself that delivered the Sunrise Morning Show on video. You'll also read how we're planning to sweeten the deal when Sacred Heart Radio visits your parish, along with the updated program schedule and more. To receive the Christmas newsletter with the QR card, visit sacredheartradio.com and click on Newsletter Sign Up. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from St. Michael's Rosaries and Religious Articles, a great place to shop for gifts like fun Catholic t-shirts, socks, and cozy throw blankets. And don't forget the Mystic Monk Pumpkin Spice Coffee. St. Michael's Rosaries online at stmichaelscustomrosaries.com. I have been a school sister of Notre Dame for 72 years. Most senior Catholic sisters, brothers, and religious order priests serve for years with little pay. I always taught the primary grades, and I loved it. Today, hundreds of religious communities lack retirement funds. Your gift to the Retirement Fund for Religious helps provide medications and care. Please give to those who have given a lifetime. Thank you, and God bless you a hundredfold. Donate at your local parish. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoting Realtors, trusted and recommended by generations of families to sell their homes. Licensed in Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. Hoting Realtors, 513-451-4800 and at Hoting.com. Sacred Heart Radio is blessed to have the support of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick GMC in Eaton, Ohio, offering a wide range of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs with on-site financing. Larkin Cobb, close to Eaton, Richmond, Dayton, and Brookville. On the web at LarkinCobb.com. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. It's always great to catch up with Mike Aquilina, who's written all kinds of things about patristics, but also has a podcast with Catholic Culture, and it is called The Way of the Fathers. Mike, good morning. Morning, Matt. You've done a lot on the various cities that were central to the early church. Alexandria has got to be on that list, even though it got kind of wiped out at one point. So how did Christianity get to Alexandria 
And how did it become such a big deal, this city and the ancient Christian church? Well, it became a big deal because uh, it was founded to be a big deal by one of the singular figures of human history, and that was Alexander the Great, uh, you know, the, the, the man who, who conquered the world <laughs> before his 30th birthday, and, uh, and, he found, and then promptly died, of course. So he left the cities to be ruled by others. Alexander had no heir at the time of his death. So Alexandria was the place of his tomb. It was the place where he was buried. And um, and it became the cultural capital of the world. It became uh, a, a, a mercantile city. It became a military city. It became uh, a cultural city. It became a, a city of research and, 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 and just uh, throve in every way. Uh, there's uh, there's um, the 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 uh, the line of of kings that were established there after Alexander uh, came from one of his uh, one of his generals Ptolemy. So after Alexander came uh, a line of kings uh, descended from one of his generals Ptolemy, and they they were known as the Ptolemies. They were great promoters of the arts and of culture, and especially of books. In Alexandria was the greatest library of the ancient world, and it became legendary, and the goal was to have every book in the world resident on the shelves of that library. And so so uh, Alexandria became famous as a center of learning. The other thing is that, that scholars could live there tax-free. That's how much they valued scholarship. And, and so scholars came from all around the world to live in Alexandria. Now Christianity came about, uh, you know, some three hundred and some years into into uh, Alexandria's history, and by then Alexandria was already renowned, and Alexandria already had an enormous Jewish population, ten percent of the city, and there were two major neighborhoods that were that were Jewish neighborhoods, and so it was it was natural, you know, for these these first Christians, that first generation to find their way to Alexandria on their way anywhere else. It was a port city as well. So if you were the Apostle Thomas and you wanted to get to India, you kind of had to get your ship there in uh, in Alexandria. So, so everybody found their way there. Uh, eventually it became associated with the evangelist Mark. But then after that, there's just an explosion of celebrity Christians from the first several centuries who lived there and uh, and made a name um, for the city as a Christian capital. And those are names that we've talked about a lot here. <laughs> yes, uh, you know, yes. In terms of you know people like Origin of Alexandria and many others. I mean, who are some of those names? Yeah, well, uh, very early on there was Pantanus, who was a uh, who was a Sicilian, but found his way to Alexandria, as many intellectuals did, because that's where you could live tax free and you could be around other scholars and you could have every, every book in the world at your disposal. So Pantanus found his way there, founded a school there, but eventually Pantanus went and evangelized India from Alexandria. So so after Pantanus came. Clement of Alexandria, one of the major figures of the late second century in the church. And after him came Origen, you know, one of the giants of antiquity, the greatest biblical scholar of the early church, perhaps, uh, the man who did the first critical edition of the Bible in many languages. Um, 
uh, after Origen. You know, you have names like Athanasius and Cyril, Didymus the Blind, all of these major figures of of early Christianity. And uh, we, we can't really imagine the faith as it is today without the developments that were introduced by these Alexandrian Christians. That's how gigantic they are. The, so many of the things that we value today as Christians were, were emphasized by the Alexandrian Church, and then that just spread to the entire church on earth, the Catholic Church. Um, so, so yeah, it's 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 hard to overestimate Alexandria. <laughs> you know, you it, it's just so valuable in the history of the church. Well, you mentioned this library where they wanted to get every book that had ever been written in the whole wide world in this library. Unfortunately, you cannot go visit it today, can you? No, and that's the sad sort of ending to the story of Alexandria, is that, uh, is that at the time uh, of the Arab invasions, the city, the city fell and, uh, and gradually just continued to fall until, until so many things were gone. The last, the, the, the library at Alexandria had been burned several times down through history. Uh, so it, it, it was gradually diminished, but the final diminishment of it was, um, was its destruction, uh, during the Arab invasions. Uh, so, so that is no longer there. Uh, Christianity though has persevered in a very tough people in Alexandria, that there is a, a, a small Christian minority that continues to live there and has continued there uh, through centuries of persecution on and off, big and small, uh, but, but they've, they've managed to, to, uh, to endure there, and they're heroic, and they deserve our admiration. We've got your Way of the Fathers podcast for CatholicCulture.org, linked at SunriseMorningShow.com, so people can hear a lot more about Alexandria. Mike Aquilina, thanks so much as always. Have a great day. Thanks for having me on, Matt. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you, Matt. 31 minutes past the hour now. It's time for news. Israel is reportedly negotiating with Hamas on a deal to free dozens of hostages being held in Gaza. The deal would reportedly... Free 50 women and children in return for Palestinians being held in Israeli prisons. Reports say the exchange could coincide with a three-day ceasefire. The reports have not been confirmed officially by either side. The war between Israel and Hamas rages on. Mark Mayfield has more. Israeli forces stormed Gaza's main hospital. That one's not going to work. We'll move on. The patriarchs and heads of churches in Jerusalem are calling on their congregations to forego any unnecessarily festive activities during the Advent and Christmas seasons in order to stand in solidarity with those suffering amid the war in the Holy Land. In a statement, they say, in these ways, we believe we will be standing in support of those continuing to suffer just as Christ did with us in his incarnation, in order that all of God's children might receive the hope of the new Jerusalem in the presence of the Almighty. They say, we encourage our priests and faithful to focus more on the spiritual meaning of Christmas in their pastoral activities and liturgical celebrations during this period, with all the focus directed at holding in our thoughts our brothers and sisters affected by this war and its consequences and with fervent prayers for a just and lasting peace for our beloved Holy Land, end quote. 
Pope Francis yesterday spoke to a conference on sainthood, saying no period has been devoid of martyrs, including our own day. From Vatican Radio, Joseph Tullock reports. In his speech, the Pope discussed three important aspects of holiness. It's power to unify, it's place in the family, and martyrdom. Martyrdom, the Pope said, is a powerful model of saintliness, of which we have had many examples throughout the history of the Church. There is no period which has been devoid of martyrs, he stressed, including our own day. In particular, Pope Francis focused on the case of Asia Bibi, a Pakistani Catholic sentenced to death for blasphemy, who was imprisoned for many years before eventually being released and moving to Canada. Nearly nine years of Christian witness, Pope Francis underlined, and there are many, many like her who testify, he said, to faith and charity. Pope Francis's address also touched on two other important aspects of holiness, its place in everyday family life and its power to unify communities. Holiness, the Pope said, implies charity, which in turn unites us with our brothers and sisters. When God calls an individual, he said, it is always for the good of all, as in the case of Abraham and Moses, Peter and Paul. The final subject of Pope Francis's address was holiness as it occurs in families. As an example, the Pope presented the Polish couple Joseph and Victoria Ulmer and their seven children. They attempted to save Jewish families from the Nazis by hiding them in their home, but were all eventually caught and murdered. This Polish family, Pope Francis said, reminds us that sanctification is a community journey and can never be made alone, but only as part of a team. I'm Joseph Tullock. Pope Francis also yesterday addressed participants in an international congress on Venerable Maria of Agreda. Vatican News reports the Holy Father focused on three lessons that she offers the church and humanity, silence, mysticism, and mission. He said, contemplatives teach us the joy of living only for him through asceticism, abandonment, and fidelity. And he said that in a world full of distractions, there is a dire need for silence in contemplation before the Lord. 835 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. Here's Paul Lachman. All right, Cincinnati Bengals took a uh, big-time loss, big-time setback in the season, 34-20 to final score. Worst news yet, uh, Cincinnati quarterback Joe Burrow left the game early with a uh, wrist injury. It appears to be a sprained wrist after finishing with 101 passing yards and a touchdown, though, the injury came on the uh, touchdown pass to Joe Mixon. Jamar Chase also found the back of the end zone. Cincinnati drops to 5-5 five and five and will host the accursed Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday. Week 12 of college football season kicks off tomorrow. Number two, Ohio State will take on Minnesota up in uh, Columbus. The Buckeyes uh, trying to keep a perfect record and uh, stay in that college football playoff ranking. Uh, Cincinnati will visit West Virginia. How about uh, high school football? Third straight year, the Molar Crusaders looking to knock out the Lakota West Firebirds. And uh, this is Region 4 of the regional final. The Crusaders, the five seed, taking on the three-seeded Lakota West Firebirds. That game will kick off from Mason High School at 7 o'clock. Also, in action, the Baden Rams trying to keep their perfect season alive. They'll take on Selena as well at 7 o'clock. Let's check in on sports. We got more on the Sunrise Morning Show right after this. The Bill 
Levitt here, and my advice for static-free winter listening is get the Sacred Heart Radio app by going to sacredheartradio.com and using the QR code. Then you'll hear us on your phone from anywhere and car radio through Bluetooth. If you listen to the radio while driving and 740 has too much interference, try 910 a.m. at home. Ask your smart speaker to play Sacred Heart Radio or visit sacredheartradio.com and click on Listen Live to enjoy Sacred Heart Radio static-free. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Dr. Robert Berger at Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Dr. Berger has been recognized by Cincinnati Magazine nearly every year over the past 20 years as one of the top physicians in orthopedic surgery, and he serves as team physician for Xavier University, Mount St. Joseph University, and LaSalle High School. Dr. Berger treats patients of all ages at the Beacon West office on Harrison Avenue and on the east side at Cincinnati Sports Club. For more information, 513-354-3700, online at beaconortho.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Rose Automotive, serving the Hamilton area with a wide selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. Rose Automotive, celebrating over 30 years of automotive excellence. On Erie Highway in Hamilton, roseautomotivegroup.com. Family, please know that Sacred Heart Radio has never sold or shared our mailing list with anyone. So when you donate or sign up to receive our newsletters, be confident that Sacred Heart Radio will not sell or share your information with other organizations. Holy Spirit, come. This is Deacon Michael Trimpey from St. Peter and Chains Cathedral. This is a prayer to the Holy Spirit that I like to say before reading the Bible so we have guidance from the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Amen. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by pastoral counselor Kevin Prendergast, licensed counselor with decades of experience in the classroom as well as private practice and uh, lots of great insights to share on all kinds of issues that uh, we face by virtue of being human. Kevin, good morning. Hey, good morning, Matt. So we're talking about grief, continuing to dig into it, uh, especially during this month of the Holy Souls when we remember the faithful Mm -hmm. departed. And uh, if you could sort of catch us back up from where we were last time and where we want to go with things today. Yeah, great, Matt. So uh, I want to hit four themes during these four weeks uh, that we're talking during during November here. Uh, and last week we talked about one of the first uh, tasks or jobs or, or action steps that we need to take is just to accept the reality of the loss and that that takes time. The other point that we talked about is that grief uh, does not get resolved real quickly, so it's very typical for someone, if you have a close person that dies, to take one or two years to really feel like you're at peace. You don't, I don't know, closure is just a terrible word. I never use that, but just to get some peace. But there's some things that help. And, you know, we'll talk today about the kind of the second task after we accept the reality that this person is gone, is to process the pain of the grief, right? So, so here's a quote. Uh, John Bowlby is a, a famous researcher who did a lot of work on bonding and attachment and infants and how that carries on into adulthood and how we really get connected to other people. And one of the things that he said about grieving was sooner or later, some of those who avoid all conscious grieving break down, usually with some form of depression. So again, grief is not depression. 
most grief does not turn into depression. We'll talk about that in a later segment. But there are some things that can, can help and some things that can get in the way. I, I would talk about like complicating factors. So one thing that really helps is to talk about. Uh, I remember when I was very young, my grandmother died. I was very close to her, and she had been married to my grandfather for 50 years. And we, were, my my grandfather and I were very close. And he would we would take walks together. And and for a long time after my grandmother died, he told the story over and over again of how she had had a heart attack. He had found her, uh, her last moments. You know, the last little day that they had had together and he just had to tell that story over and over and when I was that young I didn't understand why is he going over the story you know over and over and now I realize that that's very important we need people who are close to us and I have found that the person that I need to talk about a big loss with is someone who themselves have experienced a loss that could be a counselor it could be a priest it could just be a good friend so to find somebody who really gets it and is not going to tell me just to get over it so that's one that helps now the things that, that can complicate this is that every time that we have a new loss uh, we are struck by all the previous losses and as we get older we have more of those so it's like one person describes it, it's like there's this uh, ocean inside us and every new new uh, grief uh, stirs up the waves and the waves come back. So we find ourselves thinking about people that we haven't uh, maybe thought about in a long time. And it could be something, this happens quite a bit in my practice is people will lose a pet and then all of a sudden that will, they're grieving the pet, but then they realize they, they're grieving their mother who they had a conflictual relationship with, right? It comes back. So that that's a very common kind of thing. But we have to deal with that. Like maybe there's unresolved or we call it unfinished business from some of those previous deaths. And a new loss can make us, can motivate us to, well, I got to deal with those in order to deal with this present one. Another one that, that happens is, uh, this should happen, is everybody that's close to us that dies, it makes us aware that, hey, that's me someday, right? Yeah, I was uh, going to ask you about that. Because, this alive, right? You know, it really does highlight, I mean, that, uh, you know, when's my time coming? This person either expected or didn't expect this was going to happen. You know, will I mm -hmm. expect mine or will mine be unexpected? Yeah, that's right. And especially if it's somebody maybe who's uh, our age or younger, and then it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm, you know, my grandmother used to say only the good die young. I think about that the older I get, right, that, you know, I've got a little bit more time. And what do I want to do with that? I have to get ready. What am I putting off? Am I delaying things? Am I avoiding tasks that I need to do? Uh to, to get my affairs in order to to take care of relationships right now. And the third thing that goes along with that, Matt, is sometimes like at, at funerals, you probably have this experience, everybody that dies, you know, at the funeral liturgy, it's like everybody's been a saint and they're a hero, right? And they should be in the Hall of Fame uh, because, you know, people focus on the good part. And I think we're starting to get away from that. But everybody has good and bad. And that if I have a relationship with somebody that has some conflict, and I did not get that resolved while they were alive, that's going to make it harder to grieve that loss. Like, for example, uh, some of us grew up in families where a parent might have been mentally ill, had an addiction problem. Maybe there was somebody in our family that abused us or mistreated us badly. And so when that person dies, uh, you know, if it might be somebody that we love, but they had this other part. We love them, but they were an addict or they, we love them, but they were schizophrenic. And so just that's difficult to deal with, uh, that we didn't 
take care of that when they were alive. And so in our faith, I think they're really, our faith really gives us a lot here. We believe in life after death. We believe we're connected with the souls in purgatory and heaven. And so I think it really is possible that we need to take care of that. So I may have resentments and anger against somebody. I may have a lot of regrets. I may also have guilt. That's another feeling that comes up like, I should have spent more time with my mother before she passed away suddenly. Well, what can I do about that? She's gone. I can't go and apologize to her or ask her forgiveness. But our faith gives us a way. I th- I'm a big believer in you know, trying to write, write a letter to the person that's gone, especially if it's been a conflict-ridden relationship, and maybe go out to the cemetery just by myself with nobody else around, uh, stand by that graveside when I'm ready to do that, and maybe ask for forgiveness. And then I've, I've seen this happen many times in my own life, Matt, and in other people's lives, is that sometimes we, we do have guilt. You know, there's things that we should have done that we didn't do while that person was alive, or we hurt them, and we never made amends, we never made restitution. But I, I really believe God gives us the grace. So he puts in our lives other people who are similar to the person that is gone. So maybe I did not, you know, pay adequate love and attention to my mother. And then lo and behold, I run into somebody in my work or through church who is a lot like my mother, right? And maybe she's alone and she's widowed and she's got illness. And I can, by showing kindness to her, I also make amends and make restitution what I didn't do for the person in my family. That memory of that person. That's right. That's absolutely true, right? Grief can take a year or two. That's normal. And that going, you know, having those rituals, lighting candles, uh, you know, indulgences, prayers, acts of charity, uh, making contributions to a worthy cause. uh, Those are all things that help us to keep that bond with the beloved, but it also helps us to get through grief. And and again, if we don't uh, mourn, uh, it's going to cause some problems later on. Wow. Great stuff. Thank you so much to our Catholic counselor, Kevin Prendergast. Thank you, Matt. It's hard stuff to think about, but, you know, at this time of year, I mean, great ways to um, to remember and to grieve and to make reparation even after our loved ones have gone. Beautiful. Father Hezekiah Carnasso joins us to preview the mass readings for weekend for for Sunday. I'm going to get my tongue in order and we'll be right back. It's 13 till. Business owners are starting to think outside the box to find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show. To find out how it works, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com. A wedding is a day. A marriage is a lifetime. Catholic Engaged Encounter Weekends are a marriage preparation program led by married couples and a priest or deacon. This is time for a couple to learn about each other and their upcoming marriage. Based on communication, intimacy, and the family they grew up in. Find out more at cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. That's cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. Working to see the culture of life prevail in the Miami Valley, Dayton Right to Life is here to protect God's gift of life through law, education, and community action, from fertilization to natural death. Find Dayton Right to Life online at DaytonLife.org. That's DaytonLife.org. 
Support is from Solidarity HealthShare. Is inflation making you feel frustrated and out of control when it comes to your expenses? We have a solution. It's Solidarity HealthShare. With Solidarity HealthShare, you control what doctors you go to and how much you spend with pricing options that start as low as $384 for families. Take control of your health care and your budget with Solidarity HealthShare. 855-954-5688. Solidarity HealthShare. 855-954-5688. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from St. Michael's Rosaries and Religious Articles in beautiful Miamisburg. Unique rosaries including custom-made, one-of-a-kind rosaries and Catholic books and gifts for all occasions. Online at stmichaelscustomrosaries.com. That's stmichaelscustomrosaries.com. With us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Father Hezekiah Carnazzo from the Institute of Catholic Culture here to preview the readings for the 33rd Sunday in Ordinary Time, our last Sunday of Ordinary Time in the year 2023. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Annie. It's a blessing to be with you and your listeners today. It is a blessing to have you back. So for this weekend, Father, what would you say is the theme as we look ahead toward Christ the King? Well, there's two things to remember, and that is that the beginning of the liturgical year, traditionally it begins really with the Feast of the Exaltation of the Holy Cross on September 14th. Hmm. And from there, the Church begins its, its remote preparation for the Feast of Christmas. And so while we may be looking at next Sunday and the Feast of Christ the King and the beginning of Advent right now, we can say, hey, those things are already kind of prepared for liturgically in that we are living through a time of expectation even now. And we get that theme. We we saw it last Sunday with the five wise virgins and the five foolish virgins and the coming of the bridegroom. Um, and we get that theme continued on now this Sunday. And really, the epistle from St. Paul, which comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning in verse 1, kind of highlights this, it, it, reminding us, St. Paul saying, For you yourselves know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief at night. Hmm. And then and, and concludes with these words, Therefore, let us not sleep as the rest do, but let us stay alert and sober. So here, Annie, really, the church is, is saying, hey, what we normally think of during Advent has already begun. The, the, the Lord is coming. And the question is, will he find us prepared? All right. I see that when it comes to, uh, obviously, First Thessalonians, as you were just saying, and in in the gospel, when we get the parable of the talents, which we'll talk about in a minute, but... The first reading, Father, is Proverbs 31 about a worthy wife. Why? Yeah. Well, I, I think actually regarding the what we just said about last Sunday's gospel kind of unlocks the, the, the lock, if you will, or, or mm-hmm. turns on the light because the, the, the versions with their oil lamps, it turns on the light for us because, because the church has always been understood as the bride of Christ. And, of course, we're not talking about only the New Testament church, but the Old Testament church also, the church, the people of God, as, as a bride prepared for her husband. And the question in Proverbs is just that. And the church applies it in just this way. Uh, as, as Proverbs 31 talks about finding a worthy wife, 
and what she looks like, what she's found um, uh, doing. Her, her, basically, Chapter 31 says she's busy doing all the things necessary to take care of her home and prepare for her husband. And the question is, again, will the Lord find his church ready for his coming? Uh, and here, liturgically, we're talking about, yes, the celebration of Christmas, but also liturgically, the second coming. The two are understood together. And so St. Caesarius of Arles says the Catholic Church was not only preached after the coming of our Lord and Savior, beloved brethren, but from the beginning of the world. It was designated by many figures and rather hidden mysteries. And then he mentions Solomon. Truly Solomon says of her, who shall find a worthy wife? What does he mean, who shall find? And here we should understand the difficulty, not the impossibility of finding her. The valiant woman is the church. And, and, and of course, the, the final thing I have to say about that is we're not talking about the church as something other, something at a distance, something in a foreign city. It's you and I. It's, 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 it's the people of God. Will he find our hearts prepared when he comes? Will we be ready for the feast of the Nativity so that Christ is born not only 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem, but also today in our hearts? Yeah, and so when you apply that to the church today, you wonder, like, how do I do that? Right. And I, I think one answer that we could have to that question comes to us in the gospel in Matthew 25, when Jesus tells the parable of the, the three servants who were entrusted with possessions of their master. One got five talents, another got two and another got one. The first two, of course, double that before the uh, before the master returns. The third one buries it. And, and Father, what, what lesson does the church take away from this? Yeah, well, I mean, we can just continue what we've been saying here, that the question is whether or not we will be like that, that, that woman in Proverbs. Will the Lord find us busy doing the work he has given us? And what work is that? But the charitable work of the Christian, the work of love, um, that, that Christ has given us through our baptism, our incorporation into him. Will he find us living for ourselves, or will he find us living for the other? Will he find us, um, in a way, having sacrificed our life for the sake of those he has placed in our life? And, and this is where, um, you know, even in the secular world, we live in a post-Christian world, but that post-Christian world is very much impacted by its Christian roots. Because we know, even in the secular world, this is a time of charity. This is a time in which we are called not to live for ourselves, but for the sake of the other. And so this is a time the Church says, hey, are, is, is, is the Lord going to find you busy about the most important things or about the trivial things that the world says are important today? Um, and, and so many opportunities now to uh, give of ourselves to those in need, to support the good works of the church um, so that when the Lord comes, he finds us a bride prepared. Yeah, which we will hear a lot more about in next week's readings on the Feast of Christ the King as we continue in Matthew chapter 
25. We've been talking to Father Hezekiah Carnazzo. And, Father, I know you got some cool Advent things coming up at the Institute. How can listeners get more information? Now, we have a ton of, you know, talking about being prepared. <laughs> get your soul prepared. Come visit us at instituteofcatholicculture.org. A lot of, of studies, programs to prepare the soul for the coming of Christ, instituteofcatholicculture.org. Which is linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Thank you, Father. That'll do it for this Friday edition of the Sunrise Morning Show. Have a great weekend. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. Ryan Lopez here. What do you think we need more of in our world? It's obvious that we need Sacred Heart Catholic Radio and more of it. That is why we have recently expanded to seven different media platforms. On December 6th, we invite you to join us in our Advent Pledge Drive as we look to raise $60,000. Your pledge of $10, $20, $50 a month will ensure that we can illuminate the darkness of the world with the light of Christ. So we invite you to join our mission December 6th. Or you can visit sacredheartradio.com today and click Donate. You rely on your car, so rely on the experts at Fort Mitchell Garage, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. They can do it all from brakes, tires, and heating and cooling to towing and collision repair and more. Fort Mitchell Garage on Dixie Highway in Park Hills. On the web at fortmitchellgarage.com. Pregnancy Center West is committed to protecting the unborn by encouraging women to see and choose the beauty of life while offering practical assistance for them and their families. Donate securely online at supportpcw.org. That's supportpcw.org. Ken Herbert Plumbing is a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. With over 20 years' experience in residential and commercial plumbing service repairs and rated A-plus from the BBB, Ken Herbert Plumbing, 513-383-2974. 513-383-2974. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Twin Dental of Cincinnati. Since 1986, twin brothers Drs. David and Michael Rothen have been providing superior dental care in a relaxed and comfortable setting for the entire family. The twin dental doctors utilize advanced dentistry techniques from sedation to implants and the latest in cosmetic options to preserve and beautify smiles. Twin Dental, located just off the I-275 exit at Hamilton Avenue. For a complimentary evaluation, 513-825-6111 and online at twindental.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Trinity Church Supply, providing church supplies and religious gifts worldwide. From Catholic greeting cards, books, and willow tree, to sterling silver medals, rosaries, sacramental gifts, and statues. Trinity Church Supply, 5479 North Bend Road. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoting Realtors. Equipped with the latest technology and market knowledge, Hoting Realtors can make the buying and selling process easier. 513-451-4800 and Hoting.com. Looking for a special gift for a loved one this holiday season? Consider an offering of rest, prayer, and a time for reflection. Give the gift of a weekend retreat at the Jesuit Spiritual Center, a time to get away from the busyness of life and embrace God's love and mercy. Call now at 513-248-3500 for more information. That's 513-248-3500. 513-248-3500. I'm Father Ronald Half from Our Lady of Divine Providence Family of Parishes. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at Sacred Heart.